Hey, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we have a smorgasbord of things to talk about on this episode. As you'll see from the title, uh, and actually of this recording, I haven't decided what the title is going to be yet, whether this is uh, a malignant and inside episode, but it is mainly about the amazing uh, stand-up special by Bo Burnham uh, titled Inside, a Netflix special. But not only that, we're going to be talking about Malignant, James Wan's new movie, and our reactions to the Hawkeye trailer. So to break down all of this with me, I have a very special guest, Anthony Lowry, on the line with me. Anthony, how you doing? Good, Alex. How about you? Glad I was invited back. Yeah, hey, uh, the guy's so nice. We have him on twice. But uh, yes, doing well. Thank you for asking. And I know this was uh, this was kind of the impetus of us recording together. It wasn't necessarily Fear Street. That one kind of uh, came out of the blue in a sense. But we had been talking and, and both of us ended up really loving that uh, special. And we're saying like, oh, there's a lot of deeper things in here, stuff about depression and issues like that, that we could touch on. And I thought that was a great opportunity because for the most part, you know, we, we talk a lot about Marvel on here and it's always a treat when I can talk about things that aren't Marvel related. So with that said, let's jump into our first Marvel thing to talk about, which is the Hawkeye trailer. <laughs> so Anthony, what, uh, what did you think of this trailer? It just got released yesterday. And uh, less than two minutes long, really nice. Uh, doesn't give too much away. It does not give anything away. It the only thing that it gave away is that Hawkeye's in it. And, That's right. And uh, Kate Bishop's going to be in it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, you know, if you look closely, <laughs> there was two Hawkeyes in that trailer. There, there were, yeah. There was also a dog. Um, yeah, pizza dog. About a minute and a half in. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I'm I. I'm in the minority. I feel like that's been excited for the show since they announced it. Um, I know Hawkeye is always at the bottom list of the original six Avengers for most people, but I think, uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think it, it looks like a kind of like a buddy cop comedy almost set during Christmas, which I know Christmas is uh, near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. And the MCU hasn't given us much Christmas material other than Iron Man three. Yeah, and that's barely a Christmas movie, at least in my eyes, because it takes place in California for the most part, and so. they don't they don't have a Christmas holiday. <laughs> They've uh, got but, lights. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's fair. At least he had to travel <laughs> across the country to see the snow. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I felt the same way. Hawkeye is at the bottom of my six as well. But I've been a, I'm a fan of Jeremy Renner as an actor. I don't know if I'm a fan of him as a person, just based on the limited knowledge I know about his singing <laughs> career and all that stuff. But I love I've loved almost every single thing that he's been in. There's just something about him where you see him in person doing interviews, and it always seems like he's like on something, whether it's like he's had six drinks or, you know, some type of drug. He always feels like incredibly lethargic. And I'm always like, I think he's a really good actor because if that's how he is in real life and he can just turn into this like cool, suave guy on TV, like that's awesome. But yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I was excited too from the minute they announced it because they gave the logo that was the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run from the comics, which is actually one of my favorite comics run. And I would say, 90% of the population thinks that that's probably the best Hawkeye material out there, which it is. And because of that, I'll announce here too that uh, the next two months of comics and cinema uh, comic book episodes are going to be dedicated to the Matt Fraction run, uh, which I'm really excited to dive into. But yeah, I, and you see it in this trailer. There's, uh, you got Pete, you got Lucky the Pizza Dog is in that shot. Same thing, he's got the damaged eye, just like in the comics. Uh, Kate Bishop, Bishop looks absolutely identical and amazing to her character in the comics too. Haley Steinfeld was uh, just 
perfect casting choice. Uh, there's a few other things. The tracksuit mafia was awesome seeing them. They're literally straight from the comics and they always say bro after like every little thing in the comics too, which was nice because there's a scene where a van is like exploding and it was, it's called something, something bro. And so I don't know, I don't know if the people are going to say bro, but it was cool to get that call out. The whole car chase scene straight from the comics, him swinging and smashing into things and getting all broken up straight from the comics. So it seems like they're pulling a lot from that run, which is, you know, deservedly. So, like I said, it's, it's a really cool look at like just Hawkeye as a, he's an archer and he has no powers and he gets hurt all the time. And that's basically the premise of the show or of the comic series. So hopefully they go that way with the show too. Yeah. Well, I love when he, he like lays back on the chair and he throws that like frozen drink, like the frozen dailies on like just over his head, just goes, Ugh. yeah, and you can tell he's just <laughs> exhausted because he's just a normal guy. You know, he's, he's tired after he's done a whole bunch of running and just all that. But uh, I think Renner in this, he reminds me of his character from Tag, almost. Yeah. Where he's funny, but he's also very intense. Yeah. And uh, Haley Steinfeld looks like the character basically straight from Bumblebee, where she just kind of looks like she's ready to take care of business, but doesn't really know what she's doing at the same time. But I think it uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I hope that the trailer we got is mainly stuff from the first episode, even though it's it's well documented how much you enjoy Marvel's marketing team. Disney's marketing team. You're right. Excuse me. (laughs) Disney's marketing team. Um, So hopefully they haven't given too much away. And I don't think they have because I still don't really know what this is about other than it is Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. Yeah, I, I actually think because I, I watched it just before we recorded and uh, there's a lot of it that looks like it's it's spliced where, you know, one thing is said and then it's a completely different scene when they say something else, like when he's talking with his daughter and says, I promise or I'm going to be home for Christmas, whatever that Tim Allen line is or not Tim Allen, <laughs> Tim Allen's son. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I hope so. I'm not going to watch anything else for this. I, I think this satisfied me enough. I didn't really need to see a trailer to begin with, but again, this was, it was perfect. And yeah, it seems like most of that would be from the first episode or it may not even be in there at all. They could be, they could be doing one of those, but uh, that'd be, yeah, Hawkeye's not even in the series. Yeah. It's all well, in this I, I even, the, I love the, the scene where, um, you know, she's picking the arrow and he goes, not that one definitely not that one and then she shoots when it blows up the the van and she's like you had one more dangerous than that (laughs) don't tell don't say definitely to me like that (laughs) um okay so since you've read the matt faction run i do have a question for you yeah as we we spoke earlier do you think it is better or worse to have read the comics that the show or movie is heavily influenced by or do you, I mean, do you think it's a good thing? You think it's a bad thing? Is it going to, uh, you know, hyper expectations to see something? Is it going to ruin your interpretation of the show if they don't do something you would hope they did in the comics? Just what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's With a your great comic question. Knowledge? I think that it kind of goes back to the expectation conversation. I think we've had in the past as well, just around, you know, your, your personal preparation for any Marvel movie or any movie in general, really. I mean, look at what we did for Godzilla on comics at cinema. We watched like 30 movies in preparation for that. And I don't think any of that ruined it. Obviously Marvel's a little different in that sense. And so my perspective on it is I would always advise reading beforehand 
whether that's a, you know, a book that's being adapted into a movie or a comic book that's being adapted into a movie, just because for me, when I go into the movie, I'm able to separate my expectations and, and I kind of drop it all when I get into the theater. Cause again, I don't see a lot of the marketing and I, I kind of forget about all the rumors and speculation. And so then when I see some shot in the movie that's straight out of the comics, I'm like, this is amazing. But if they don't put the entire story in the movie, I'm not as upset about it because I know, again, this is the story they wanted to tell. And I think it's one of those things that if you massage your brain enough over time, you can build up that sort of tolerance to be able to do that. Because, you know, at the beginning, best example I could say for this is uh, Civil War. Civil War was the the comic series that got me into comics, uh, into collecting comics. And I was couldn't have been more excited for that movie. And when they announced it that Spider-Man was going to be in this, I was just like, are they actually going to do this? Like, are they going to are they going to have him reveal his identity and all of the other stuff that happens in the comics and all this? And it couldn't have been more different. I mean, they, they kept some of the main things for the movie. But I do remember a little bit during that movie where I was like, man, I wish they'd have done this or I wish they'd have done that. And as time went on, I kept reminding myself, like, they don't do like for like they don't they don't copy everything. They take the best parts. And so that's been able to make me appreciate it a lot more. So like for this, I would 100% recommend reading Matt Fraction's run because there's there's bits that you can tell already that we're probably going to get shots that are straight from a panel in the comic. And I feel like that would be really cool to be able to catch that during versus being like, yeah, I'll just read it later. And then when you read it later, maybe you forgot about it. Because at the same time too, you, you already know from this trailer that it's not the same as the comic. Because in the comic, he's not married clearly as a family here so that's different there's the whole you know echoes in it and we get that shot of maya as well uh she's not in the matt fraction run that i remember uh there's some other bits as well so i i know that it's going to be a little different but i think to me reading it beforehand or knowing a little bit about it enhances the viewing okay and i wonder too if it matters if the director who whatever project it may be say the russo brothers or say um was it burton birdie that's doing directing this mm, um yes yeah i believe I, yeah. Okay. at least an um, episode or two i yeah i just i wonder if it matters if the person directing had a love for the comics before or if they just you know got the job and then had to dive into the source material yeah so i mean if it, if it could be something you know let's say burton birdie they were huge in you know comics before they even got the job then they could sit down and say just like you said hey i remember this one panel that was absolutely beautiful i loved it and then they could just clear cut that into the show itself so yeah but I, cool. yeah, I, that's I, uh, a interesting conversation in that end too just around uh the, reading it before or after as per someone involved in the film and i don't think it would matter one way or the other maybe knowing it beforehand would help you get the job but I feel like when it's time to do the development phase, that's like required read. You know, you always hear that where the director's like, yeah, I made them watch yeah. all these movies and prep. Like they're going to prep anyway. So I bet you there's a round table where they're like, which panels did you like? Or is there anything from this that you thought was really cool? So I would think it doesn't matter in that regard. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big comic fan. I've only read a handful. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the only experience I have is our friend Robert um, told me to read. I think it was Jason Aaron's Mighty Thor run, which had Gore the God Butcher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's the only series that I've read before seeing the uh, live action adaptation of it. So 
That'll be curious yeah. to see how that fills in for you because they've taken a lot of things from that Thor run into different areas in the, the MCU. So I feel like like the whole Gore the God Butcher with Hela, like that yeah. was completely different, but really cool. So like what's Gore the God Butcher going to look like in Thor Love and Thunder? No idea. Maybe it's like in that What If episode where her helmet is what gives you the power to use the Necro Sword, but is Gore going to wear that helmet? I don't think so. So, uh, But it would be cool to see how they adapt that. Yeah, so I might have to check. I might have to renew my subscription for uh, Marvel Unlimited and check out that that Matt Matt Fraction run. Yeah, it's totally worth it. And uh, Marvel Unlimited actually just revamped their entire uh, app. Basically, huge update. They put a bunch of comics on there that are specifically for Marvel Unlimited that are called Infinity Comics that are really cool. Where mm-hmm. you just scroll the whole thing as a scroll, so it's meant for like a phone or an iPad. Um, pretty cool stuff. There's their brand new comics meant for that. And then they just actually allowed unlimited downloads. You still only be able to get 12 comics to download for offline reading. Mm-hmm. You can now get as many as you want, which is kind of cool. So okay. yeah, yeah. I, I would highly recommend it. I started reading once my wife got her iPad. I was like, I can't keep reading this on my phone. It was oh yeah. 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 No, the phones and you're, you're missing it when it's on the phone. It's so small. Yeah. So but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've heard some rumors about some characters that may or not be in it i don't know how much you dive into rumors or what you've heard i've clicked on the spoiler buttons of certain rumors i suppose is in regards to this just because i know that they talked about it in the uh was it the earth's mightiest weirdos episode last night for what if they did a little bit of a trailer breakdown and someone on there mentioned a, a rumor as well uh and it's you know, again, we're we're like four months out. It's fun to think about right now and then kind of just put it away and you'll for, I'll at least forget about it by the time the show comes out. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to care. And if it does happen, that'll be really cool. So uh, it's like I, a win-win. I, think if, I assume we're talking about the same thing, but I assume yeah, if it does yeah. happen, then that just means it's there's a higher probability that we will also see someone from said same universe in another movie being released this year. Right around the same time as that. So yeah, about right around the same time weeks. as that show. About so wait a minute, two. if, if uh, hold on, I got to pull out the calendar for this. So uh, Hawkeye premieres on November 24th. Ah, so if they're still sticking with the Wednesday. And if I'm remembering right, they're doing six episodes, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay, I think, I think they originally said eight and they dropped it to six. So one, two, three, four. Yeah, episode four would be coming out on the 15th which is very close to a certain movie that comes out then too. So could be some connections in between them. We don't know. Hey, again, that's it's all, <laughs> all rumors, but Hey, if it happens, that would be awesome. It, like you said, it's, it's fun to think about. It's fun to talk about, but don't get your hopes up because as soon as you do, you're just going to get crushed if it doesn't happen. So yes. Yeah. Good advice for any part of your life. Do not cling on to something so tightly that when you no longer have it, you get upset. With that said, let's move on to our pre-movie. We'll call this the, uh, kind of ironic that we're talking about a movie and then the actual main event is talking about a, a TV special. So, <laughs> uh, well, hey, whatever. Uh, I told but, you it's going to be a mixed bag tonight. It is. Tonight's the mixed bag. And I will call out, since we're speaking on Malignant, scary movie. I just received some startling news today that AMC and Fathom Events, I don't know if it's AMC, but Fathom Events is putting on monster anniversary screenings of classic universal monsters for those of you that don't know i already covered dracula back in february when it hit its 90th anniversary i'm planning on covering frankenstein when it hits its 90th anniversary in november and fathom events is doing the same thing so on saturday october 2nd dracula and frankenstein are having a double feature uh, that is playing at certain theaters so you can check that out 
Uh, it's playing out some AMCs and Regals by me, but then it's also at the end of the month, I believe on the 30th, they're doing another double feature of The Wolfman and The Invisible Man, both of which are having, uh, I believe their 80th anniversaries. I'm not too clear on that, but fantastic movies. If you get a chance to check them out, they're going to do some behind the scenes after the movie too, showing you what it was like on the studio lot which is really cool. I saw Frankenstein a couple or Dracula a couple years ago for Fathom Events in theaters and it was totally worth it. It was amazing. So it's not the Benicio del Toro Wolfman? Uh no, I don't oh, inter- come uh, on. no. <laughs> no, they're, they're cowards. <laughs> they wouldn't play that movie. Uh-uh. And uh also the unreleased uh Johnny Depp Invisible Man, which is actually kind of funny because uh in a sense isn't he already the Invisible Man right now with everything that's going on he's kind of just disappeared. Yeah, um, yeah, because he was he was taken out of uh, the next Fantastic Beasts, right? And That's right. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, I was cruising on uh, Change.org and I saw there was this petition to sign to get him back in the movie. <laughs> I was like, he's already he's already gotten paid his full salary too because yeah. he had already filmed like a day's worth. <laughs> nice. Are they gonna? They're probably gonna do like a, a what is it? Parnassus. For uh, oh, the Heath Ledger. Yeah, they're gonna, have, they're gonna have yeah. four people playing uh, <laughs> Grindelwald, which honestly is, is sounds about right because his crimes are they're just unspeakable. So I feel like you need extra people to cover that that evil. <laughs> but uh, moving on to Malignant. So Malignant is uh, <laughs> laughing because I'm just I'm just thinking about the conversation I had with my brother <laughs> last night, and uh, this was I mean the whole whole situation i i told you this earlier we're going to both dive into kind of what we thought of this film uh when it was coming out or in the in the throes of coming out i remember my brother being like yeah this could be something good to go see in theaters and i was like why would you see this in theaters when we can just watch it on hbo max and look i love the movies but i just i don't know i was like I don't know anything about it. I don't want to pay a ticket, even though I have AMC A-list. I wouldn't have paid for it. <laughs> Look, I, I didn't want to get out of my house and drive the 15 minutes it takes to get to the movie theater to watch this. Regardless, Friday comes along and I was like, hey, Steve, do you want to watch this movie? And he was like, no, I'm going to watch it with my girlfriend this weekend. And I was like, okay, fine. So me and another buddy watched it and uh, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but I also didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. And I think maybe you'll agree with that as we dive into it. But after my brother saw it, he said this was one of the worst movies he's ever seen. And he he said, he goes, I gave it a three out of 10, but I feel like I'm being too generous. And I was like, what? So uh, there's been a lot of tossing and turning about this film. It did not do well at the box office. Uh, It did really poorly at the box office but again I, you know we could dive into what that even means for malignant it came out right after shang chi i mean how, how do you compare to a second weekend of shang chi when with with this i don't know though there's some pretty good fight scenes in this movie as well so uh, <laughs> which is so weird to hear from a horror movie so weird. good fight see, scenes in that's it. the that's the magic of this movie it's like i mean it's, there's it's something about a, it it's got a 6.3 out of 10 yeah. on imdb hey I, I'm it, I gave it a seven i'm looking uh I was, I was trying to find out the budget for it because it could not have been a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll check on Box Office Mojo and see if it has a. Okay, uh, yeah, a usually budget. they have it on IMDb, but I didn't see it. Um, They've been really stingy yeah. about budgets recently. I feel like over um, the last few years, we don't know anything about people's budgets anymore. And I wonder if with COVID, things are, are different on how they're, because I mean, they're not doing red carpet events, they're not advertising the way 
And I mean, I honestly, I hardly see any commercials or trailers anymore because I don't watch just cable. Yeah. Everything yeah. I watch is streaming and I pay the extra dollar or two for whatever streaming service to not have any ads. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's at a worldwide gross right now, 14.7 million, which is not good for a yeah. movie. And, and nine and a, nine and a quarter of that is from overseas. So yeah, it's at 5.4, which is, is bad. That's bad. That's malignant. Yeah, that's, bad. That, that's like a malignant on Warner brothers at this point. Yeah. Um, I would, I would agree. Um, I enjoyed this movie. I know if my wife is listening right now, <laughs> she probably just gave herself whiplash with the eye roll. Yeah. Uh, because she did not like this movie. She thought it was ridiculous. But I'm a big James Wan fan. Yeah. Saw and Insidious. And I don't know if you listened to the podcast I was on with our friend Juice about our top 10 horror movies. I did. And, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of James Wan on there. And, yes. and he's, he's similar to Michael Bay or Zack Snyder, in which you can watch a trailer and you can say, oh, that was Michael Bay because there was way too many explosions for no reason and just an up close reaction of a really attractive woman. Right. Or you can be like, okay, that was Zack Snyder because everything was in slow motion and black and white. And then the same thing with James Wan. I mean, you can just tell he, his, his trailers, his movies have this aura behind them. This Everything's always foggy. Foggy. <laughs> no there's, a, there's, an, the there's an intensity to it too. Yeah. There, everything feels always, more important there's only one light on in the entire neighborhood and it's the porch light of the house that's got something going on. But yeah, I mean, this campy is a, an easy way to describe this movie. Yeah. That's kind of what I said. And that's, again, this is where my brother got really mad. Cause he, he said, he goes, this is the guy who did saw. This is the guy who did the conjuring. What, what happened? And I'm like, do you not think that he was trying to experiment and said, what if we, because I said, you know, this movie reminds me of like, uh, like an 80s, maybe even like an early 2000s type of horror movie where it's not like there's a lot of bits of it where you're like, man, that's corny. But then there's a lot in this movie, though, where you're like, oh, that was actually really cool. And so it almost felt like he was like, OK, I'm going to take this the old, not the old horror tropes, but like the early 2000s sort of tropes. And I'm going to actually stick to them, play with them, see what happens. But I'm going to give it a new sheen, a new gloss, uh, an interesting soundtrack, too, which he also hated. Uh, and I could see that there was a, there was like a bit where it wasn't like raining and the ambulance was going on. And it was like this like a crazy like rock ballad or something. I was like, this, this the, doesn't fit, but I like it. So after the very beginning, which the acting was terrible yeah. like at the at the <laughs> hospital and then you know when she says you know we'll cut the cancer out whatever um time to cut out the cancer yeah yeah it the acting was so bad it almost looked like it was a movie in a movie that like you know Ooh, it yeah. starts and then it's so bad and then you're waiting for the camera to just pan back and then see on some old box tv of a couple kids watching a vhs they had rented and then it didn't. And I was like, okay, well, this is terrible. But the the main, you know, when the, you see the house for the first time, the music that was going on, it reminded me of the the theme for Saw, but almost like it was the first cut where they're like, hey, I'm doing this movie. I need a soundtrack. And then he was like, you know what? That's not it. But I'm going to put that in my back pocket and I'm going to use it in 15 <laughs> years for something else. Because I, I got a, a lot of remnants of Saw. I was like, this sounds like it's Saw, but it's not. He was simmering on that soundtrack for a while. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I'm trying to see if there's a, uh, 
if there's any trivia on IMDb, oh, there actually isn't a lot of trivia either. Uh, was originally scheduled to be re- released last year. No surprise there. Um, I will I will call out that Patricia Velasquez was in this movie. She's one of my faves. She was in Mummy Returns. She was in Arrested Development. She's in a blink and you miss it scene. She's in the beginning and the nurse. She's like, this guy, like he, it's happening again. He's he's becoming malignant or, you know, you don't really know what what's happening yeah. at that point. Uh, no, there's nothing. I was thinking like, you know, James Wan spent the last 30 years preparing for this film and uh, studied ancient uh, te- <laughs> techniques of Siamese twins or some something. I have no idea. But uh, but it was it, like the concept was interesting because I came into it knowing absolutely nothing. I feel like maybe I saw a trailer a long time ago and probably before the pandemic and thought this will be good and then never thought about it again. But the concept of a uh it reminds me a little bit of that even stevens episode of an evil twin is uh (laughs) just interesting to me that they they decided to in more ways than one really flesh out this character of gabriel and i'm just like when it started i'm like why did why gabriel like what there are so many weird unanswered questions and by the end of it some of them still don't even get answered but i don't know just by the but that it must have been that fight the fight and (sighs) okay there's not that much to spoil in this movie besides i don't know if we've spoiled anything yet but look it's a 6.3 on imdb if i know my listeners have not seen this in theaters because of that that uh, box office score so look if you got hbo max i would say check it out at your own risk just based on the 50 50 response from the four reviews that we've heard so far today uh yeah all i'm saying is spoilers ahead for this if you want skip ahead for just a little bit but just the fact that he is like connected to her and (laughs) you know there there was just the the fact that it was you know he was released because of her boyfriend abused him and like that whole bit was just i was like oh my you need to get out of there lady like that is not good but i never caught on like i never connected it until I'm trying to think when I figured it out because even when the cop is chasing Gabriel through the uh, the sewers, <laughs> what I call the parkour sequence. Yeah, the parkour sequence <laughs> where you know, oh, I'm coming to get you, and this this guy who, uh, as you'll see towards the end of the movie, I'll tell you this: I won't re- I won't reveal the full twist, which we have we haven't said yet, but I will. I'm just going to refer to Gabriel because. He, he has a great scene at the end that is very reminiscent of John Wick in the best way. Uh, you know, I would say for those of you that are fans of seeing inept police officers meet an untimely demise, <laughs> this is the movie for you. But when you juxtapose that scene with the parkour scene, I was like, are you just going to turn around and like you could kill this cop instantly if you wanted to? I get that he didn't have his uh, secret scepter or whatever you want to call that thing, but yeah, the, the, he's the like the logo. Yeah, the hippo logo. He's he's freaking jumping around and like in a rusty area. He could have broken a bar off of something and shoved it into the cop's throat. I, I don't know. I'm just he was a coward in that scene. And I thought it was interesting that the cop kept going, but like, I was like, this is not going to end well. And then it just was like, Oh, okay. He kind of left. So that's good. But even, even in that scene, didn't connect the dots. I was like, Oh my God. I, all I kept thinking was vindication. All right, good. Uh, I don't, what was her name? Uh, uh, Mindy. No, can't be. It's not that Rachel uh, Madison. 
Madison. Madison. So I should, I should remember that name. Madison uh, Mitchell. Remember that name. Uh, no, everyone in this movie is very forgettable, unfortunately, except for obviously Gabriel, but Gabriel, uh, during or, that or scene, I like to call him pumpkin face <laughs> or he, pumpkin head. He, yeah. He reminded me of the, uh, the big guy from nightmare before Christmas when he's got the, he's got like the little mushy head. I'm trying to, he's the, I I'd probably recognize it. I just turned that on the other day for Connor and all he wanted to hear was the first eight minutes of it, of the, this is Halloween song. That's classic. And then I, and then I kept it on and he goes, no, stop it and play the music again. Like, oh, classic. I'm like, all right. Well, um, yeah, I, speaking of that, um, that parkour scene, I mean, he, he did a good job running through like just busting through brick walls and then considering oh, that he was essentially running backwards the whole time felt like he, he did a good <laughs> job uh not really being able to see where he's going either but uh well you know they did such a i would i hate to say it but i'd love to see it again just so i can catch some of those bits knowing what we know because every time we saw him he's kind of running straight ahead but from behind, he just but, looks like a like a mix between Frankenstein and I don't know the the trench coat kid from high school that you know the long hair you don't really see much. But I can't remember if he would ever like turn around to look to see if the cop was behind him. He just kind of kept running. Yeah, I uh, and the thing is, I I won't say this is a good movie, and I don't like to say movies are good or bad. I like to categorize them if I enjoy them or if I don't enjoy them. Yeah, because I, I mean, it's I, good. You know, a, a lot of people work on these movies, a lot of a lot of jobs and a lot of people spend a lot of blood, sweat and tears to make a movie. And for me to just be like, well, that was bad. I mean, who am I? You know, but I enjoy this movie. Yeah, who the hell <laughs> it are you? Be, <laughs> it, it would be one of those movies that I would probably just turn on to just, you know, it, for me, I don't need to see it from beginning to end. I can just turn it on at any point. But um yeah, I mean, I my wife figured it out like immediately, but, she, <laughs> sure she but she's a lot smarter than I am, and she's like, yeah, like halfway through, she's like, yeah, this is exactly what's going on. Like, this is this person, that's that, this is this, and I'm like, Ugh. she's like, and then she even looked at me. She goes, does it make you mad when I do that? I, go, I mean, I was like, I mean, not with like this type of movie, but she even did it with uh, she did it with Knives Out. Oh and no! Like I, and and I was so excited for her to watch it because I had I, I went to see it in theaters and then uh, she's a she's a nurse and you know she works in a hospital and everything and then I was like oh I think you're really gonna like this because you know the main character knives out the nurse and blah 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 and then she like immediately figured it out and I'm like cool right <laughs> no, there's no no twist you know when I saw it I was like oh! and then when she saw it she's like yeah I figured I'm like all right cool <laughs> i had a guess but i had no idea i mean like i was like would it be that guy like that would be kind of perfect and then when it happened i was like oh i knew it but <laughs> i didn't know it yeah yeah she's clearly smarter than than both of us combined so no shocker there um, um yeah, and, and i liked it too because james Wan even said in an interview he goes you know i wanted to do something new because you know if you don't try something new it's going to get stale and you're just recycling the same old thing. And especially in his genre, I mean, he knows what he's doing. It's always weird to think he's also directed Aquaman. And then I think he did fast and furious seven. He did. I think he did two fast and the furious movies. I did thought he? maybe even more. Let me, okay. Let's, let's put a little praise on James, despite the fact that 
Yes, I'm sure some people. I, I really like your take on that too, of of hating and hating and loving movies because there, there is an interesting piece to that. And I I never got to experience that. I've never been on a, a film set in that way. But like when you're making that movie, you got to think the energy on there that is high of like, all right, guys, like we've got <laughs> like oh everyone's cheering. Here comes Gabriel, and the guys got like <laughs> the mask on, and they're like, let's go. This scene's gonna be awesome. And they film it, and they're having fun, and you know they're in the editing room, and James Wan's just like, this is exactly what I was planning on, but that's fine. We're, we're gonna we're gonna push forward. Uh, okay, so he did uh, Conjuring. He did The Nun. Oh no, okay, he's a producer. We're gonna go straight to director. Yeah, he's he's a producer on a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, Saw, Dead Silence, which was great. That was an awesome puppet movie. Uh, Death Sentence, Doggy, oh, Insidious, also great, and Chapter Two, and yeah. uh, Furious Seven, Conjuring Two, an episode of MacGyver. And uh, Aquaman and Malignant, and it looks like he's co-directing Insidious, The Dark Realm, and also Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it was uh, it's Justin Lin that has done multiple That's right. and Furious. Yeah, that makes sense. So what? which uh, one was Seven? Was that the one with Paul Walker? Um, seven, I... Let's see, hold on. I'm also trying to bring it I up. think there's, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, so. Yeah, because uh, Seven's Paul Walker. Eight, I saw in theaters. That's with J- uh, Charlie Theron. And then Nine, I haven't seen. Okay, so he did the one that made me cry. Cool. Yeah, right. he did the... Yeah, cool. he did. That was actually... I enjoyed that movie a lot. <laughs> My I, I wife was, was so cool. embarrassed. I mean, she goes, are you okay? And I was like, I'm not. I'm not okay. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> we get out in the hallway where, like, there's real lights. And she goes, you look terrible. And I go, oh, I feel God. terrible. <laughs> It was. They pulled at your heartstrings and I went, suck. Jeez. Also, I, I would call out too. My brother said he laughed at call the National Guard when the, the police officers towards the end were like, we need to call the National Guard. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> like, okay, cool. That would have been great to see, though, if the National Guard showed up because, you know, Gabriel would have took it all them out. And I know you mentioned as well, so we got to call it out. Uh, but epic uh, courtside shot of the bench, the, the chair that he just crawls oh, over and chucks his it. inner Steph Curry and just yeah. launched the chair like a three-pointer across an entire precinct. <laughs> yeah, just uh, insane. And the, again, all of these look, I'm not trying to be political and I get I get that this movie is a movie and it's not real, but it's like when cops want to shoot somebody, they do it and it usually takes like yeah. one bullet except when some evil demon is in the room, 30 cops <laughs> with shotguns with buckshot can't seem to get a single hit on the guy so i don't get it i just don't get it i i, I was kind of glad that it wasn't just your everyday like paranormal entity right it, it was it, it fast like this that part was scary to me like i was creeped yeah. out seeing the little like the tyrannosaurus <laughs> alien creature. yeah i was like what is happening and when the i mean the bit where she it, like went back i was like that's not real that can't actually happen can it but Oh God! Yeah, There's the, a lot the about scene, that was scary. The scene where um, he's killing the, the the male doctor, I think the in the like the hotel or the apartment, and he was on top of him, and his like shoulders are back, and his arms are backwards, and then his legs are backwards, and it's like, what is going on here? And then just the, yeah, it was. I mean, interesting to to see. Uh, definitely a visual change. Yeah, and what we've seen in most most horror movies, which is hey, I, just like he said, I totally agree with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with shooting your shot, 
maybe you don't miss, but there's going to be some people out there that love this movie and this movie's for them. And that's awesome that he was brave enough to take that shot. I will say to kind of wrap it up at the very end, I do wonder about the legal ramifications of, uh, you, you know, how, what is she going to plead for at the end of this? Cause she, kind of, she, she won at the end of the day. Right. But yeah, there's still a precinct Somehow, completely yeah. dead. That, uh, that back in the back of her right head. i mean like but so what happens when the the cops show up at her door and she's like no 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 i took care of it they're like <laughs> we understand that but we also have video footage showing you there they're like do you not see though that there was someone else inside yeah no no, no i see it but like can you see the legs are pointed the other way so it wasn't me obviously I, I hope maybe there's a sequel and that's all it is that'd be great a courtroom drama horror that like halfway through the movie uh gabriel comes back <laughs> You know, we need, uh, we need Jennifer Walters to represent her. Yes. Okay. That's, gonna be, that's the we secret need, She-Hulk need, episode. That, that's the crossover that nobody asked for, but everyone needs. Yeah. The malignant She-Hulk. That'd be great. Yeah. I, and, yeah. and again, with it, with it being James Wan and this being a new movie, he's got the, um, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Like he has the sway in Hollywood that he can go into a writer's room and, you know, a board director's meeting and be like, Hey, here's a movie that I want to do. And they see his resume and everything that he's done. And they're like, you know what, man? Yeah, go for it. Do whatever you want to do. But if that was like his first movie that he did, like, I mean, I know Saw is very low budget, but I don't think you can make that movie like low, as, as low of a budget as you did with Saw. Yeah. I don't know how much, I don't know how much money it costs to make a movie, so. Uh, I would from what I saw there it's I mean it's obviously it's probably definitely under 50 million would be my guess but I I would think more in like the 10 to 30 range would be my bet probably more on that low the low end of that bet though but I don't I don't know I don't know what like how much of that was CGI how much how much did the prosthetics cost how much did the you know the therapy for the actors after that uh, that actress afterwards (laughs) for for dealing with um which is the same actress as uh Annabelle right the first one uh correct yes i saw that yes okay. mm-hmm. yeah so he's definitely there is another thing i saw i didn't catch who it was but they said somebody from conjuring 2 has a cameo in the movie as well so he's definitely uh bringing back some familiar faces for for those uh wan heads i guess you'd say um the other thing again it's interesting that you bring that up too i wonder if hollywood will take him less seriously now because of this movie again i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that like it but based on the box office I wonder if he showed up in the boardroom again and said, Hey, I've got another great idea. <laughs> and they're like, actually, James, we took you, ch- took a chance on you once. And I don't think we can afford to do it again. I'd be curious to see. Yeah. I don't know. I did see somebody had, uh, had reviewed it and it's not me. It was a uh, discussing film on that. I follow on Twitter. Uh, basically the beginning of their review says in the age of streaming where almost everything feels made by committee and instantly forgettable malignant leaves a lasting impression with its increasing silliness and commitment and and i mean that's a a decent headline especially where it says um made by committee and instantly forgettable i can't tell you how many times i've seen movies that are you know made for hulu or straight to hbo max netflix netflix even with big names in it, you know, uh, Spencer confidential yeah, comes to mind. Spencer confidential. Yeah. Um, the movie with, uh, Ryan Reynolds that might yeah, that one. Yep. Uh, six uh, underground. Yes. Um, I didn't even finish it. Yeah. Like, and I yeah, got, like, it had cool scenes. Like, I don't remember much though. Yeah. Very I can't tell you anything that happened in it. And I even, I even told my wife when we watched the first, you know, five minutes of this movie when it was so cheesy and she goes, 
what is this movie again? And I was like, ah, it's, you know, James Wan did it. I was like, it's in theaters. She goes, this went in theaters. And I go, it did. She's like, it looks terrible. I was like, they wouldn't put a bad movie like this, like in theaters as well. And then at the end, she goes, so you still sticking with that? They're not going to put a bad movie in theaters. I'm like, well, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Look, bad movies have been in theaters. That's like a part of history. Birth of a Nation premiered in theaters and people yeah. loved that movie. But um, yeah, that it, and, it is. And Four Stick was in theaters. That's a great point. Actually, when I, I remember going to see, that's like, you know, I remember where you were on 9-11. I remember <laughs> when I went and saw Fan Four Stick, like that movie. I remember too in that movie, Stevie liked that movie. He was like, man, that was good. And I was like, no, 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 you hate, like he is hates all. Is this younger brother? Yeah, this is my young, this is my young, the, this is rough. Anyone can find him on YouTube, Rough Criminal. I think he just broke 82,000 subscribers on uh youtube he's killing it it's insane i mean he's not doing he's just doing 10 seconds music reviews so you know that's that's where he's at but yes ah, he okay. is that's he better. is the right. guy who uh if the movies if it's a marvel movie he probably doesn't like it if it's a artsy movie it's probably right up his alley but or fan four stick i guess Does you he like dc he's not he's not a, a camp he he's if the movie's a movie that he likes he likes it if it's not it's not he liked wonder woman he didn't like the second wonder woman he liked suicide squad a lot uh didn't he didn't even see the snyder cut of justice league i think we saw justice league in theaters and he thought it was okay i think he liked it more than i did uh it's uh, whatever i mean like he okay i'm trying right. to think so it, good... but he's not a everything marvel does is terrible but i love everything dc does uh but he he loved shang chi he said that was great he said that that was uh very different Good. than than what uh you know marvel had done before which goes back to your point of you know, 25 movies in they're still putting out things that can impress my brother which is great <laughs> uh which is good though so okay malignant uh again i i think that is the ultimate review is that this movie is very memorable. It's a very memorable film, it, good or bad. I feel like you kind of do need to at least check it out to say you saw it. And if you're a fan of anything else James Wan did, just to send that message to Warner Brothers and HBO that we want more James Wan and you know variety of James Wan. He doesn't necessarily need to make another movie like this, but uh, definitely make more movies because he's got... And the, the a lot of the cinematography in it was really good too. Of just he does a really good slow like zoom in, and you think something scary is about to pop up on the screen, and it never does. But then it does in another area, and you're like, ah, like when uh, God, there was a bit in there. I think it was around when she banged her head on the wall or something like that. She didn't bang her head; she got thrown. Uh, I'm not going to gaslight her like that. But with that said, let's yeah, move on. Thrown into a wall. Yes, she got violently <laughs> yeah. thrown into a wall. Well, and that was so depressing because, the, you know, you talking about like, oh, we want to have kids and kept, kept not being able to carry the kid to term. And then when you find out why and you're like, oh, my God, like that is so messed up. Uh, but we won't yeah. let's just it's all gabriel's <laughs> fault Gabriel, again wrong name for a kid and the mom too is like this this kid's the son of satan and it's like then why are you remanding him over to like a crazy man scientist you know that's not going to end well do you want to let's talk about a funny psychological horror movie right yeah now. yeah there is a there is a certain uh <laughs> bit of horror to this uh this <laughs> series so for those of you that are unfamiliar uh bo burnham is a comedian he has done uh multiple specials i think he did like a comedy central type of contest was kind of how he got his name out there he used to be a youtube sensation 
uh, millions of views. And then he did a bunch of specials, stand-up specials, like, uh, was it words, 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 what? Make happy. Make happy. That's the one. Yep. And then inside. And inside. Yeah. So this is, this is, I would say by far his best work. Uh, his other stuff is very, uh, very, very good. I I was a fan of him from what I, I watched that and then watched Make Happy and now this. And I just there's a level of comedy that he does that's just right up my alley where he's critiquing basically, you know, <laughs> what I am. And uh, I really like that. I think it's cool. He's he's a hilarious dude. And so this this actually came out back in was it June, June. Uh, sounds about right. Something like yeah, that. I think I think in March he announced it was coming out this year. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's a it's a special. It's only an hour and like twenty minutes long, or maybe it's an hour and thirty seven minutes long. Uh, it's a little bit longer for a comedy special, but it's totally worth it. Like literally, I rewatched it today. We both rewatched it just recently, and I feel like ev- there's not a single second of it that's wasted. I feel like everything that he does in this special is with purpose and has intent behind it. And that's why I took so many notes on it too. It's just, we're, we're going to dive deep into this, uh, this special. So again, written, directed, uh, pretty, everything about it. He did this by himself in his bedroom or in a room uh, at his, I don't know if he lives at a mansion or something like that, but. Uh, it def- he, oh, it looks like a guest house. Yeah. It I wouldn't felt, even call it yeah. a house because it doesn't look like there's a kitchen in it. It just looks, it looks like a luxurious shed. He, he certainly, and I'll say that is one of the very few nitpicks of this, and this is where one of the questions I was going to ask you is, he obviously is, is, is very wealthy. He's done very well for himself. He's in a, it seems like a very stable relationship. I was looking at his profile, and I think he's with a movie, I don't remember her name, but a movie maker who, they've been together since like 2013. And uh, so it seemed like on paper, everything looks like it's kind of going well for him. Uh, and in this special, it seems like everything is not going well for him. And I know part of that is due to the pandemic, due to him having to stay inside, as he says. But how much of that is truth in your eyes? Because if he is, in fact, just filming this at his guest house, you know, when he's done filming, does he go sleep back in his real house? Or did he say, guys, I need to get in character for this and I'm staying in the guest house until I finish working on this? I don't care how crazy I get. Don't let me out when I scream sort of thing. Uh, did you think, did you think about that at all? Um, I did, uh, because I don't see how he could have been in there the entire time. Right. Um, you know, unless it was some kind of prison situation where he's got like a a food slot on his door where somebody would come deliver him food. But, um, I mean, I definitely think that money does not buy happiness and regardless of how big his house is. Um, and as you can see at the end of make happy he walks off stage and then you see him in that guest house and then he's playing his piano saying you know i hope i made you happy and then he leaves leaves the door open and then yeah you see him walk up to this very bright clean house with his girlfriend fiance wife whatever and their dog and then he just goes inside and then it ends and then you know when this one starts it's him walking into this house again and then just being in it for the remainder of the special. But, um, you know, there's parts in it where you can see he is sleeping. You know, he pulls that pullout bed. Right. And then he gets his pillow and then he's got the, the light shined right on his face. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I did look at trivia on IMDb before this to Ooh. see if, if it did say, you know, hey, he did stay in here for X amount of days, but there wasn't much. Hmm. 
he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would share that but at the same time from every and i'm not trying to you know accuse him of anything every time i've seen him whether it's an interview or whatnot he always seems really genuine and and uh Mm -hmm. you can totally tell that from the special too i feel like we I, i feel like we got a really rare glimpse into the life of a content creator more so the life of an actor i i think there's a a huge difference between being an actor and being a content creator because when you get into the life that that Bo got into starting in YouTube there's just there's a different demand that people have from you I mean when you're an actor it's like okay when's your next movie which oh, oh cool you know my next big movie is coming out in three years or whatever like catch it when it comes to the theaters whereas with content creators it's like some people feel like I need to come out with something every day or I need to come out mm-hmm. with a new thing every single week. And it has to be better than the last thing. And it has to be funny and it has to be perfect. And you really see that in this special of him just being hypercritical of himself and just really introspective. But more than that, being comfortable enough to share that with us as the audience. Like I was, the first time I saw that, I, I felt, I was honestly a little uncomfortable when I was watching because I was just like, wow. Like to, to think that, you know, he's been doing this for a whole year and, and probably a little longer than a year, but, you know, we're only seeing an hour of that year and he's giving us what probably mm-hmm. four minutes of that hour is of him crying and saying, you know, he's thinking about suicide and, and, you know, slapping himself and getting really pissed off when he screws something up. There's gotta have been just swaths of time where he was doing that. That's not on camera. And I just, knowing that I, I've done some of those things in the past as well of just being hypercritical of myself and of uh, trying to like recreating something over and over to try and make it perfect. I just can't imagine what he was going through in that regard. And so regardless of whether he was staying in a guest house or not, like that's real that he's, he's that, you know, frustrated and hard on himself. Yeah. There's, there's so many movies that I've seen. I mean, there's a, uh, I don't know if you've watched American horror story, I used to. I watched like the first um, four seasons. Okay, so they came out with like a an even off the cuff anthology series called American Horror Stories. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Or each one, and I think we might have talked about this yesterday, but um, one of the episodes is basically these four content creators living in a house, doing like the next big thing to try to get more clicks and more likes and so many movies now have shown that there's a there was a movie on i think it was hulu about basically like an uber driver who was trying to become a content creator and he would like drug his passengers to get more likes and clicks and yeah just for what like what does a click mean what does a like mean what is a you know getting an emoji on a reaction on a you know social media site what is it all it means nothing until somebody says hey i'll give you you know, $5,000 if you, you hit X amount of views. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. And yeah, the stress of having to feel like you always have to one-up yourself has to just be miserable. Yeah, especially, and, and he, I mean, we'll dive into this as we break down all of these songs, but he says that in his, uh, I think that's like the last song where he talks about, you know, do, do returns always diminish? And uh, <laughs> which I is that right? Yeah, it, it, which was it's so brilliant because, he's he's saying it and it's true but the irony being that this special is unlike anything he's ever done unlike anything anyone has ever done and Mm -hmm. to have this be his fourth you know videotaped special his like sixth stand-up type thing is insane to me that he's again that self-critical and that introspective to look at it that way to say 
Uh, you know, I fear that comedy won't help and the fear isn't unfounded. And it's like, but at the same time, you're really funny. And you like you got so many people through again, if that had been released during COVID, it would have been crazy. But there was there was a, a magic to it being released after COVID, too, because it just felt like every single song, everything that he did was like, oh, yeah, I, I went through that. Or like, you know, I know somebody mm -hmm. that went through that. And so to see him be able to capture that through comedy, which, again, no one has done. I've seen it a little bit. I started watching uh, is it uh, Ronnie Chang's. Uh, stand up on Netflix. I got like 15 minutes into it and I just, I stopped it. Not because I didn't like it, but I had other things to do, but I was laughing. And he starts that one off talking about uh, a virus and it was in 2019. And he's talking about like, oh, you know, what's the next virus that's coming? And I was like, whoa, dude, you're, you're a prophet. So it's not often you see that, but for him to just hit it on the head over and over and over for every song, it's like, yeah, I understand that you were stressed out for this year and that all of that was really, but look at what you made. Like, look at all of the insights that you found and you were able to share through the lens of comedy to people. Because they're, they're like, white woman's Instagram is something that I've thought about since Instagram, but like, I couldn't ever put it to words. It was always just like, oh, that's, you know, that's the, what I used to say, like the sorority Instagram or something like that. Mm -hmm. But like he captured it and and when's the last time you've seen somebody capturing something that millennials have gone through because every good comedian has been from like the prior generation and so their anecdotes that they share they're funny and we get them because i you know my parents did this or i was at a you know an amusement park where that happened but it's never like a millennial experience and it felt like all of his songs were so relatable to someone like me again who had just turned 30 just like him and is also a white male with a, I was going to say a beard, but he, he grew his beard. Mine's always been around, uh, but, but just <laughs> you, very... you were born with that thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Came right out with it. Yeah. They gave me a whole wow. thing of like beard balm on from my birth. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, no. So uh, I, I think, again, I think we both, you know, we both love this movie. Uh, or I keep calling I, that's the other thing too. I, I keep wanting to call it a movie. I feel like this is in the most unique position to be something of an EGOT where Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony for like an actor. But how do you do that for a special? Because it's a TV special. So it's already been nominated for Emmys. It could easily, if they wanted to be nominated for Grammys as well. Uh, and it should for like, you know, whatever stand up special, there's gotta be something movie related that it could be like for documentary or well, something it was, like it that. Was released. Um, I think it was AMC released it. Like it was a one day only. And then the demand was so high that some cities ended up playing it through the weekend. So, I mean, it Which showed is all that it takes to get part it, of the Oscars. You only have to be yeah, released so, for I mean, like a it, week or it something. It was, uh, it, it had a theatrical release. I mean, it was limited, but yeah, it was some people saw it in theaters. So it deserves those awards too, though. Again, the fact that he did that all by himself, that no one helped him. And I wonder if Netflix knew that, if they were like, if he just was like, hey, I have an idea. Uh, do you guys want to pay me some money to do it? Or if they were like, hey, are you thinking about it? You got any new material? And he's yeah. like, please, now is not the good time. I'm really stressing <laughs> out. Uh, but yeah, um, so uh, any any overall thoughts before we dive into the 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 meat of this? Uh, yes. First question, did it get nominated for three Emmys or did it just win three Emmys? Uh, it's nominated. It hasn't been it hasn't been announced yet. I mean, when, not, when I was on Netflix today, it said nominated for Emmys. But I don't necessarily know if 
it ha- if that ceremony has taken place because we had the Emmy ceremony a little bit earlier, but that was for a lot of the technical awards. So I, okay. I don't right. know if his specific categories, those might be main categories that would be televised, which I don't know when the Emmys are. I can look that up. Okay. Maybe I just saw it. It was probably a clickbait article about that. It won three. Maybe it was just anticipating that it would win three. Um, no, I mean, this special is uh, the, the type of special that when you watch it, you don't realize what you just watched until you see it again. And then yeah. even when you listen to the audio, you don't really know what you're listening to unless you've seen it. Yeah. It's so, strange. Did you, you, yeah, you, I know we both did where we're like, we would always be messaging each other. Like I'm listening to this song today and I can't get it out of my head or like the, it's there's something about it. Like I've never, I can't remember the last time, never for a standup maybe brian regan when i was younger i would i would quote that but not in terms of listening to it where like i my wife as well we listen to this all the time it's always playing like the songs are catchy they're good like Mm -hmm. this is an album as much as it is a stand-up and i just again like the fact that he was able to create something like that to where it works as a comedy stand-up but it also works as a really good uh album like a really something grammy winning Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, even the way it starts, I mean, it's catchy and then just keeps on just hit after hit. I mean, white woman's Instagram is just funny, <laughs> not it's, even seeing it. It's just hysterical of how accurate it is. Yeah, both audio, audio, audioly or what is that vocally and also visually. So like yeah. you get a different experience when you're watching it on the, the telly versus when you're listening to it from your phone, but they both make you laugh on the telly on the telly <laughs> um cool well so yeah let's dive into this and that that was the, the first song which is content and uh i love that song uh especially that whole beginning if you'd have told me a year ago that i'd be locked inside my home and i've told you a year ago interesting now leave me alone uh, he sounds so annoyed doesn't he when he does yeah he's which like, is uh. makes sense <laughs> interesting now leave me alone and then uh but when he says daddy made you or he said i made you some content daddy made you your favorite open wide i just that to me again is like him and he mentions this in the uh uh the unpaid intern but he was like yeah you know i he says i'm so nervous of people criticizing me that i criticize myself first so that they can't criticize me and i love these lines because and i was laughing my butt off when i every time it's just like daddy made you some content like open wide you know just yeah, because we are such, we're such a consumer society especially for content and here he is no he knows what he's doing he's creating content for us it's just that his tier of content is so far above everyone else's tier of content in terms of like youtube creators that he can make fun of himself but you're like no 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 like this is good this is really good keep feeding this to me i'll keep eating it yeah um yeah, like you said, he knows what he's doing with his yeah. lyrics, with with everything. I mean, and even this, the when he looks up at the disco ball, I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, oh, just, yeah. He's got, the, he's got the headlamp on, and then he goes, Daddy made you some content, and then the disco ball, and then all the <laughs> lights. I was like, okay, yeah, this, this is fun. Yeah, you can't help but get pumped up. Uh, and then uh, from there, he moves into his second song, which is essentially the so that first song almost felt like a let's get this out of the way you're wondering what i'm doing here i am i'm feeding you your content and he does the comedy song which is great he i love when he uses the laugh track 
to to play yeah. while he's going because no one's there to laugh and he, he keeps saying that too of like i would love to just see you try and make a joke with no one in the room laughing at you like so sad but uh the chorus of that comedy song says i want to leave this world better than i found it and i fear that comedy won't help and that fear is not unfounded should i stop trying to be funny should i give away my money no no uh, no <laughs> uh what do i do and and again just this philosophical question of like i know that i'm funny i know you guys want it but is it a bad time and uh he has and i actually took some screenshots while i was watching it of uh the chart board yeah his we yeah. i kept trying to catch it the times that i'd watch it and i never really you know fully sat down but we got uh he's got some it says what if dogs could vape that was yeah. uh, one of them and then uh number of lives changed comparing comedians to teachers teachers yeah yeah and that's i love great. when when he's got an, a pencil in both ears he's got one in his mouth <laughs> and he's got one in his left hand and one in his right hand just scribbling on the paper just like all these ideas he's like i gotta make sure i get all of them yeah and while this happens he's saying i'm a special kind of white guy I self-reflected and I want to be an agent of change. So I'm going to use my privilege for the good. Very cool. Way to go. Uh, American white guys. We've had the floor for at least 400 years. Uh, so maybe we should just stop talking. And I know, I know we said that, uh, that we'll be saying some, uh, some inappropriate words as time goes on, but uh, he has one here, Malcolm X. It was a Venn diagram of Malcolm X and Weird Al. And he's right in the middle. He was in the middle. <laughs> Like also, in, in, <laughs> in what in what world is he even close to being Malcolm? Either of those people. Uh, but okay, and then he's got his composition notebook that says important jokes that will help everyone. <laughs> and uh, oh, and then he's ty- he's typing on his calculator really fast, and he just keeps typing 42069. Okay, and then yeah, he's got the giant whiteboard. I won't go into that. That's something the fans can pause and, and read for themselves. But I loved this one too because I feel like. Uh, this is always a struggle for comedians is he says comedy (laughs) comedy equals tragedy plus time time equals money tragedy equals 9-11 so does that mean comedy equals 9-11 plus money (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just uh, i mean well and i think he even talks about that in make happy like he talks about tragedies being funny at a certain point and when can you make fun of it right like when is and he pushes the envelope on a lot of stuff and we'll talk about that later in one of his songs uh i wish i had to, i need to write the track list down in front of me but um so yeah like when can you joke about things and obviously now he feels that 9-11 is okay to joke about yeah um, it's been 20, it's been 20 years to the, to the day almost yeah um so one thing i do uh about the whiteboard um he has the group of movies and then he has one that says thor's comebacks oh yeah thor's comebacks yeah <laughs> so that that's that's since you don't want to go too big into the whiteboard i'll just leave it at that but yeah i thought i was like thor's comebacks i was like at first i thought it said thor's eyebrows which Ooh, <laughs> we've had a topic that, of discussion yeah about. that would have been good <laughs> but it was just thor's comebacks uh yeah i was like oh wow mcu connection in this movie so perfect <laughs> one more reason why we're always talking about marvel yeah uh, Oh, and then he also says the, uh, he says, uh, there's so much going on in the world, systematic oppression, income equality, the other stuff, the other stuff. And I love that. Cause it, again, it, it felt very 
timely in a sense because obviously he'd been writing that and creating that during all of the the systematic oppression systemic you know racism that everyone was has been dealing with and was dealing with last year as well but he was saying it in such a way that it just it felt like how a lot of people were acting as well that it was like it's the next you know the next the next content piece is to talk about that so okay but then the other stuff we know there's other things but right now the income equality and the systemic oppression are, are the real things that matter. Um, yeah. But it, and the fact that he created like gods to come down and be like, you, you know, <laughs> you are hilarious. And it's just himself talking, just brilliant. Yeah. Right from there, we get to the first skit, which is uh, he says, I hope this special did uh, does what it did for me, which is to distract me from wanting to put a bullet in my head with a gun. <laughs> and uh, I was like, Woo, OK, so we're, we're getting dark pretty quickly. Uh, but then he says also, don't expect incredibly smooth trans. And it just uh, ends. <laughs> that was so good. That was the first I like laughed so hard on that one. So the first time I watched it, I actually thought he did it twice. I thought he did it then. And then at one point it was it was uh the beat for facetime with my mom starts and then it stops for a second and then it continues again and i was like oh so he did the you know transition bit twice but then he didn't I just he might have it done it more head. than that too though because do you remember there's a the part right around here where there's a very quick flash of him like almost nude and his like total beard and it's like a like the as it's going it's it's in the very beginning because i have uh during the daddy made you between daddy made you some content and comedy i said splicing in random shots of himself like very very fast and then there's there another also, there's another one where it's his like a uh, twitch stream yep yep i caught that one as yep. well yep those were those were the only two that i saw but again it's like you know i wonder if he does that on purpose or if he, i feel like he had to have done it on purpose based on what oh, we he, saw he's too I don't meticulous he did he doesn't do anything in this on on accident yeah no he, he didn't all. all of a sudden forget something that happened in it i mean as many times as he's probably watched this <laughs> yeah um and from there but then yeah we go to the next song which is facetime with my mom this song is brilliant uh in that <laughs> this is literally what happens when i facetime my mom so I, I laughed so hard when i was watching this my mom did tell me about the blacklist she didn't tell me about the final season but there was a phone call we had where she's like you should you need to talk about the black you need to watch the blacklist and I was like, okay, okay, for sure. And then when, you know, I was like, this is insane that he knows that it just, and the fact that the, uh, in this one, you know, the aspect ratio shifts and turns into an iPhone aspect an iPhone. ratio, which yeah. was so cool. I love that. And his little thing with his dad too, was really funny. Yeah. The, the deepest conversation. That's the we've deepest talk we've ever had. Um, and another thing that I find interesting too, is I know you said you've um, FaceTime with your mom because your mom's in Texas. Mm -hmm. yep okay and i know you're in colorado i'll give your address at the end of the show um perfect yes we, we do love but, doxing here on comics but <laughs> um one thing that i do think is is very different about how everyone's been handling the pandemic is that you know i know you have been working from home and your parents you know you guys live in a different city well i've been going to work every day and i've been seeing my mom every day when i pick my kid up so oh. i don't facetime with my mom because i see her almost every day so, and for him to not necessarily include that and make it funny for everybody who does do it, that can relate to it. It's almost just as funny to me because I don't do it because I'm like, you know what? That's probably exactly what it would be like. It'd be like, mom, get your, 
move the phone away from your face, please. Yeah. And get your finger off the camera. <laughs> like when he's getting so mad, like you can just see him screaming. Yeah. He's like, get, get your thumb off the camera. And then he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I, I love you too. The bit at the <laughs> beginning too, when he's about to FaceTime her and he just goes like, yeah. and then like goes to go. Oh, just so, yeah, but you know, it's a good point. I think, and obviously that's what he was dealing with at the time is like all of the comedy in here feels pandemic specific in a sense where the it's either a skit about something pandemic related where you can't go outside or like this you have to facetime your mom but then the other stuff feels almost like observations that could only come from having everything else stripped away being in the pandemic like being alone in a house when he uh, first thing that comes to mind is that uh and we're gonna i can't wait to talk to you about it of uh, that funny feeling uh because that song is so deep and has nothing to do with the pandemic but it's talking about a lot of things that, again, I feel like in our busy society and our come and go kind of, you know, style, you miss that sort of stuff. You're not really thinking that deeply. And so when you take a breath and you stay inside and, you know, you don't do anything during the pandemic, you have time to have those really, I wouldn't call them dark conversations, but just have those very deep conversations with yourself about, you know, what's the meaning of life. And I, I just, I love that he was able to dive into that. And obviously it was probably stressful for him, but just cool that he was able to share it that way. Yeah. Uh, next song, That Is How The World Works, uh, <laughs> which was a great song, really cool uh, juxtaposition of, again, just this idea that of uh, kind of, not crapping on society, but really holding a lens up to society where you see the beginning of him explaining the way the world works is that everybody works together and, and, you know, even the biggest elephant and the tiniest fly. And that's, that's how the world works. And then Sako explains how the world <laughs> actually works. And, uh, you know, very goes dark, <laughs> very dark. But again, that's that same deep place where a lot of the stuff that Sako is talking about, obviously it's Bo Burnham, but like those are all, you know, philosophy type studies and things that people have been talking about for years, but you have the opportunity to share it right now because again, like everyone's inside, we're not doing anything. All we can do is watch stuff. So mm -hmm. here he is getting to do it. What'd you think of that one? I thought, um, I thought Sokka was hilarious, which I do know is inspiration of one of his favorite comedians who did use a puppet and it was not Jeff Dunham. It was not Jeff Dunham. Um, no, it was a, it was a last name that I would butcher, so I didn't even bother writing it down. Um, but yeah, that was that was, and, and the thing is, he's it's a hundred percent correct. I mean, even the point where he's like, "Oh, I'm just trying to make a difference," and he's like, "Well, then read a book or something." Like, why do I have to tell you what to do? Like, figure it out. If you want to help, then figure out how you can help, and then don't make me do it. And then even when he. Uh, he's like hey buddy now remember who's on whose hand now and he goes have you not been listening like that's the exact problem it's you know somebody at the top telling everybody else what to do and you know that this isn't much of a free world anymore yeah there's a really great wisecrack video on youtube for those of you out there that don't know about wisecrack that broke down it's probably like a 15 minute video and they talk about boba room special and that was one of the big ones they talked about because they're big philosophers and apparently everything that Sako said is like straight from philosophy stuff so here's here's the verse though he says the simple narrative taught in every history class is demonstrably false and pedagogically classist uh which is very again you know the, the history books are written by the victors uh don't you know the world is built with blood and genocide <laughs> and exploitation <laughs> which 
can't really argue with that. The global network of capital essentially functions to separate the worker from the means of production, which uh, again, they talked about on Wisecrack is, is a uh, kind of, it was like a communist sort of thing, or just the idea that, you know, people are making all of these products and, and making all of the stuff for us to consume, but they're not necessarily consuming it in, in that sense. And the, and the FBI killed Martin Luther King. That throws that one in there at the end. Uh, <laughs> private property is inherently theft. I liked that one a lot too. Just the idea that technically we don't own any, you can't own something. You can't own a person. You can't own land. You can't own yeah. anything. You're just, you, you have it. You happen to have it. That's why it's so frustrating when people break into your house and steal things because you can't do anything about it. They're just taking like the fact that you say that you own something inherently is you stealing it from something, somebody else. And I, going all the way back to obviously, you know, native Americans here in, in the country, like we've all just been birthed on taking things from other people uh, yeah, every politician, every cop on the street protects the interests of the pedophilic corporate elite. Uh, very, uh, just a that, lot of that, <laughs> that was risky. To very <laughs> like, risky. And like, there's good cops out there and there's bad cops out there. And yeah. that was the one that I'm like, okay, all politicians are pretty much trash, but I was like, Ooh, you went after cops. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I hey, just, but it's not Socko. That's not, that's not Bo yeah, that's, talking. that's true. That was Socko. <laughs> yeah he says uh what can i do to help read a book or something i don't know just don't burden me with the responsibility of educating me. it's incredibly exhausting uh, oh and yeah and he says why why do all rich white people insist on seeing every socio-political <laughs> conflict through the myopic lens of your own self-actualization this isn't about you so accurate though i mean that's lit like anytime anything happens every person has to make a post and I'm I'm a victim of it as well. But everyone has to say where they stand on certain things to help make them feel better about how they're interacting with the world. It's just, again, calling it as he sees it. Uh, Sako is a very Sako does not hold back on <laughs> he him. Does not. Yes, I love how he didn't even have sir. a like. <laughs> yeah, he, he was just a sock. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> And then that last part, <laughs> look I hope at me. <laughs> look at I hope you learned your lesson. I did, and it hurt. <laughs> that's great. Uh, okay, so that's yeah. So that one was fantastic. Uh, and then oh, see, and this is where I actually jotted some notes down because from that, we we could jump right to white women's Instagram, but one of the greatest skits of the entire this is thing my, this is, is my right here. <laughs> The social brand consultant, Bo, Bur <laughs> uh, Bo Burnham for Inside, he says, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's no longer acceptable for brands to stay out of the conversation. Do, you know, the, the people ask, do you use your brand awareness to create positive social change, which will then create more brand awareness? That's the, the whole goal. So what I ask brands is, 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 is are you going to be on the right side of history? <laughs> When he, goes, when he goes is 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 is, 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 is are you going to be on the right side of history <laughs> the question isn't what product are you selling or what what service you're giving out it's it's what you what do you stand for who are you bagel bites, bagel bites. <laughs> tell your customers jp morgan is against racism in theory <laughs> the question isn't do you want to buy wheat thins it's will you support wheat thins and the fight against Lyme disease? <laughs> oh, do, I, don't, I can't even express. I mean, I'm saying it on all of these, but it's like, that's so true, right? Like that's- It, it, it really is. And <laughs> you know, whether it be 
just a, a quick, you know, Instagram post or a Twitter post about these big corporations and companies. I mean, you know, like the big, and what he's making fun of isn't necessarily these specifically, but like when Nike chose to back Colin Kaepernick. Right. And or Pepsi. Or, or Pepsi, yeah. And and not that he's making fun of that because he's doing exact opposite. And he's saying like, <laughs> at the end, he's like, so sometimes you just want to, you know, get to work and sell. Butterfingers. <laughs> and, but yeah, and like, I'm just trying to picture if you saw like a legitimate, a, a legitimate commercial with like some big, big, like, let's say they had a, uh, and of course I'm blanking on every name, but like, okay. So let's say they just have like a commercial like Ian McKellen that like everybody recognizes and it is for like wheat thins and fighting Lyme disease. Like, yeah. <laughs> that would be just so odd. It is. It's, it's, I mean, think about it. Do you, uh, have you followed anything that's been going on with Fortnite? No. So I, and I have, I haven't seen a lot of it, but apparently I, I don't remember if it was, I don't know what the occasion was and I, maybe just cause I'm bad with dates, but they basically created a, a special game mode or whatever, where when you drop in and land on the Island, it's the, it's like the steps of the Lincoln Memorial or something. Basically you're on, you're in like DC and mm-hmm. you get to watch Martin Luther King's speech on a, like, it's just there. So, you know, I have you, do you, you don't play Fortnite at all, do you? No. I used to. And, and, you know, during the heyday, uh, back in the golden age of Fortnite, they would put on these Fortnite concerts. And so like uh, Travis Scott and Marshmallow were, were two of my favorite ones. Drake did one as well. But essentially, you know, you drop in, you, you play your game or whatever, you die, and then you, you just do that over and over. But in these ones, you drop in and everyone lands at a concert on one of the islands. And so all that happens is the concert plays. And like, you know, they, they have really cool graphics and stuff in your character. All you can do is dance because the, the Fortnite characters have dance moves. And yeah. so, you know, they're doing like the L dance and stuff while the concert's going, which was a blast. It was so fun. And so now there's people putting out all these videos of like they're on front of the steps of the Lincoln Memorial with the <laughs> the thing show like Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream. And they're doing like the L dance, you know, in front of the thing. And they're like, as the Joker and they're looking, you know, cause they can use all their skins. And so there were all right. these articles that were published of like, what is Fortnite doing? Like, this is just kind of tasteless, but it's like, that's the same thing where they're trying to capitalize on these social movements, all to increase their brand awareness, because if they would have actually cared, they wouldn't have done it like that. They wouldn't have allowed you to do like weird dances and dress up as your characters to do stuff. So just very on the nose. Yeah. Um, Did you, and I don't think you have, because I don't think you have Apple TV, but the show Mythic Quest Mm -mm. on Apple TV, do you know what it is? I'm I'm aware of it. Yeah. Uh Okay. So it's basically, you know, the video game creators behind a game that's like World of Warcraft. Okay. So then, uh, There's an episode where they find out a whole bunch of white supremacists are like changing their character skins to be like obvious white supremacists. And they're like, well, we got to kick them out. And then they go through this whole like list of like, you know, if they kick them out, then do they also kick out like it ended up they had this big diagram of like a a bracket almost. And it was white, (laughs) white, white supremacists on the left one. And then it was against Patriots fans as the last two. So it was like, okay, well, which one's worse, white supremacists or Patriots fans? And they were trying to figure <laughs> out if they could kick them out. And then they ended up just, instead of kicking them out, they put a like glitch in the game to where they could only interact with each other on like a certain island almost. 
And it was like, okay, so in, in the same aspect of they didn't want to lose money on this one fan base. So they're like, okay, so how do we go about still being able to let them play, give us their money, but then not associate with the rest of the community in this game. So they made it a glitch to where there's just, then a spoiler, if you haven't seen like episode four, season two of mythic quest that came out a year ago, but it was, it was pretty funny. Just, it's just how they handled it. Well, so, but I mean, that's, it, and that's real life. And the nice thing is you see it a lot in, in a good way. You see, a lot of the companies saying like we aren't uh, i guess perfect example would be when texas rolled out their you know that uh, the new abortion law uh what was it lyft and uber were like you know we're not basically we will cover the legal costs for any person who drives somebody to go yeah. get you know medical services yeah. Yeah, and i was i was like that. that's awesome that's really cool of them like that's that and that that is how you stand for a social change like that is how you stand up against something you don't there nothing within that is trying to get more customers but to Bo's point like in doing so you're getting more customers because you're going to get mm-hmm. the people who now but you're also going to lose customers right there are people i saw on twitter who was saying like I guess it's time to boycott uber and lyft because they're you know supporting genocide and it's like okay okay so it's yeah, like you, it's- you can't win either way but at the end of right. the day, you know, they, they really do need to ask themselves, you know, are, are, are you going to be on the right side of history? <laughs> what do you stand for? And, and it, it, but it's true. And again, for companies like that, it makes sense. For Weep Thins, just stick to the chips, guys. Like, just, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to know where Oreo stands on, you know, I don't know cybersecurity, whatever. Who cares? I don't I mean it's Honestly, just <laughs> Oreos is running out of flavors. They're probably gonna have an Oreo cybersecurity flavor. Uh that is month. categorically false. They are not. They they have a new flavor almost every month. They've got their classics, their seasonals. They even just had the Lady Gaga Oreos. Those were fantastic. The birthday cake we- Oreos are a staple now, a part of everyone's diet. And those were a fad at one point. So be careful when you start accusing Oreos on comics and cinema. <laughs> It's like the question of Jurassic Park. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. That's fair. There have been some ones I've seen, and I was like, are you serious right now? I think we actually sent the Lady Gaga Oreos to our brother-in-law when he was deployed. Nice. <laughs> we, sent him, we sent him in his care package, this just giant, vibrant, pink thing of Oreos. That I hope sure he enjoyed them. They were great. I loved them. <laughs> I took a picture of them. I, I didn't ever want to forget them because that was so... I never want to forget pink and green like come on that's awesome way better why do i why do i have a feeling that on the other side of the screen you don't have all your comic books you have all your favorite oreo packages my closet is filled with oreo boxes i don't throw any of them away (laughs) (laughs) all the commemorative ones yeah i'm like the crazy i'm like the guy who used to collect the uh, mountain dew and pepsi cans for the star wars movies you're gonna be at a lady gaga you know her next red carpet movie waving (laughs) waving and find my oreo please (laughs) lady lady gaga have you watched the Tim Heidecker stand-up? I have not. Oh, you need to check that out. There's a bit in there where he goes, you know, I, I, I like Lady Gaga. I have no problems with her. I think she's great. But come on, what's next? Lord Goo Goo? <laughs> Is it on Netflix? <laughs> uh, Hulu. It's on Hulu. Uh, yeah yeah and he's doing a bit the entire thing so that's not exactly who he is he's pretending to be a uh, he's he's got this character that he does that's really great okay. uh okay so social yeah again I, I, you know obviously we talked our ears off for that one but worthy of it because that's just i mean that was that one, one was of the funniest funny. ones of the entire one which then i, leads I wish you, i yeah. wish that was on the audio 
version. I know that would be like, cool. I, I know it's a conversation and not a song, but I still wish it was on there. I'm jotting these down though, as like skit one, skit two. Rappers have skits on their albums. Why wouldn't he just put it down as a skit? Like I'd be cool yeah, with the that. Skits only... have been around for a long time. Exactly. There's a lot of precedent. Uh, but yeah, so move, moving to what some would say is maybe one of the most famous of all of the ones on here, White Woman's Instagram. So <laughs> uh, my notes on here, I said amazing on so many levels. You've got the visual element of, again, the aspect ratio changes to an Instagram post. So it's the square. Yeah. Uh, but you have the song, you have the visuals of the Instagram post, but then you also have the meaning behind the song, which is something that I really want to dive into about because I know we could spend hours making fun of white women's Instagrams. But uh, I think Bo did it best. And I'm more curious as to what the meaning behind this song is because uh, Wisecrack sort of talked about it, but it wasn't too much for my liking. There's this bit, and I'm going to pull the song up, where uh, you know she, everything is crazy, but then he says, her favorite photo of her mom. And when this happens, the aspect ratio changes back to normal. Mm -hmm. And it says... I can't believe it. It's been a decade since you've been gone. Mama, I miss you. I miss sitting with you in the front yard, still figuring out how to keep living without you. It's got a little better, but it's still hard. Mama, I got a job and I love my, I love in my own apartment. Mama, I got a boyfriend. Uh, your little girl didn't do too bad. Mama, I love you. Give a hug and kiss to dad. And then it closes back up. And I get, I get chills talking about it. I get chills when I watch it. So I know that means there's a bigger meaning behind it that my brain can't seem to process, but my soul kind of does. The, the whole chorus of this is, is this heaven or is this a white woman's Instagram? So instead of making fun of the white women of Instagram, I want to kind of try and analyze the white women of Instagram. And I'm wondering, is it that they've created this space truly like heaven of these impossibly annoying in my opinion uh but cool sort of <laughs> shots of you know a, an avocado and a, a you know a novel all this like these things that is this heaven but to them it is but to other people it's just a white woman's instagram but then when you look at it with this it's like you know there's a lot more depth to it to these pe to these people to what the white women of instagram i'm just there's got to be something there there's something that i'm missing did you think about that at all did that you know make you think yeah, I think there's definitely a, you know, when it switches from the aspect ratio, right. I think that generally, and I don't want to just call out white women because I don't need people coming for me. Nobody's coming for me. They're coming for you. This is your podcast. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> white asterisk, I, all women, I think, and men, all women. And, and men, all people. <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing on Instagram is the images are just what they want you to see nobody's posting you know negative images of what you know their life really is they're like oh this latte foam art on my you right. know you know okay i stopped at starbucks and i got this beautiful coffee on my way to my garbage job where i mistreated right i'm just gonna get run down for 10 hours at work and but you know what i'm gonna post this to make it look like i'm okay when i'm not and then I think when the aspect ratio changes, I think that's almost opening, opening the lens into what their life really is, which is them, I think, going through their grief on the internet and just talking about it and putting it out there for everybody to see. You know, it, 
<laughs> because everything that he says and every skit and every image is is spot on. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of the things that I loved is on Twitter after it came out, so many women were like, "I feel seen," and then they would post <laughs> a picture of them, and it would be like a collage of all the different photos that he specifically mentioned in his song that she has on her Instagram, whether it be a comedian or actress or just yeah. a, a nobody who's got enough likes from people that it pops up on my feed. But um, yeah, I think there definitely is something bigger behind it, especially like I said, with the aspect ratio that you can't see the real world on all of the ratios in which it's just like it would be on Instagram. You can't see what's on the other side of it. You can just see, you know, you don't see the sets of, you know, the when he's got the umbrella and then he's got all like the fake raindrops. You don't see the disaster that their life might be five feet to the left, five feet to the right, which is we know in this for him, it's just cables and wires and cameras everywhere all over the floor and just completely just chaotic throughout his entire. But in that one picture, it looks like everything's great because he's it got looks like heaven. perfect. It looks like heaven. Yeah. So that's a great point. And I think I, I guess it's a it's a nuance that I don't think my brain has wrapped itself around just because it's so new and the fact that it's probably only been around for I would say not even a decade at this point in terms of Instagram and people posting like that. But it it is. It's almost like I mean, to me, it it was a gotcha for me in, in terms of again, I've made no secret. I I I love Insta Instagram is where my where my life is. I have a Twitter as well. I don't have any Facebook and I don't post too much on Instagram, but I always want to. And I always see this perfect shot. And then the first thought in my head is don't be that guy. And, <laughs> and I, and I don't, and, it, and it's a bummer. Cause then my second thought is always don't be that guy. Cause if you post that, you're going to have to post again and again and again and again. So I, I have my own issues to deal with in that regard, but this got me because I'm watching this laughing going, I was right. Like I knew it, like he knows it too, that this is just, this is the white woman's Instagram. And then when this line comes on, I just, I lose all of that and I drop all of it. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is, this is an actual person on the other end that is going through some stuff that I don't have any idea about. And I'm just projecting my own frustrations for not posting or not wanting to post because I want, I want to be unique in this world of everybody being the same. And it just, again, the, the fact that he's able to capture that through making fun of them the whole way through, but it's, it's with such a loving affection to say like, yeah, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know who you are when you know you're a white woman's Instagram, but at the same time, that's okay. And it's okay to be that kind of person because that's your own slice of heaven. And that's, that's what you've created. And maybe you're using it to process the grief of your, your parents who passed or, or whatever that ends up being. And it just, like I said, it gets me every time. I hate that. I hate that it does when she says, <laughs> I love you. Or, Cause it's like, God, just the fact that it's like a favorite photo of her mom. It's been a decade since you were gone. And then it's give a kiss to dad. And it's like, okay, so through very little dialogue, you've revealed that you lost both of your parents. And that just breaks my heart. And I get so sad every time, which, and then a goat cheese salad, <laughs> a bad, like, so it's like just a simple glass, incredibly derivative political street art, a dream catcher bought on urban outfitters. Urban, urban outfitters. I think my favorite one of all of them though, is the, uh, some random quote from Lord of the Rings incorrectly attributed to Martin Luther King. 
I love when, and you obviously, if you listen to it, you can't see, but when he's got the uh, the flannel shirt and then it's like over one shoulder and then it's just long enough that it covers part of his butt, but not all of it. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that one and the, the, oh, the one where he's got all the words on his face and he's just like, oh, like, and then he turns it. Yeah. And mm-hmm, all the, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, it turns to power, strong, independent. Yeah. Oh, and my, my favorite position, CEO. <laughs> oh yeah. With the middle fingers. Yeah. Uh, so great. Uh reminded yeah. me a little bit of uh my cousin's uh wedding photo that I took with uh, <laughs> of me pretending to do a white woman's Instagram. But uh yeah, so just that, like I said, probably oh, yeah. one of my favorite from the whole thing, just because. It, uh, I don't think it completely changed my opinion, but it definitely softened me quite a bit on, on people who post that sort of stuff. And again, no, no disrespect to anyone posting it. I'm, I'm, I'm criticizing the art more than I am the artist. Uh, well, and even the, uh, like in the next song that we talk about, um, and I completely just lost my train of thought. Cool. Love it when that happens. Awesome. Can't wait what, to do what, it again. <laughs> what next song? Um, what are you talking about? Um, unpaid intern. And I literally just, Okay, cool. No idea what I was going to say. Awesome. I'm the Who best. needs a coffee? Because I'm making a run. I'm writing down the orders now for everyone. The coffee is free, just like me. I'm an unpaid intern. Sorting papers. I'm just going to sing it until you uh, until it comes back to your mind. Yeah, barely people, somehow legal, unpaid intern. <laughs> what it up, ba-ba-da? <laughs> what's up guys i'm gonna be doing my live reaction of uh the video that i just posted so we're gonna watch this right now uh yeah so i is that where i was on this oh no but okay between these between these is another skit and this was actually a skit that wisecrack talked about as well which is he says is it necessary that every single every (laughs) single one person expresses every single opinion on everything all the time all the time and that's a right after again you're, you're talking about white women's instagram you're talking about you know all these other political beliefs and it, it go and then he says well but what about me of like you know i'm here talking and i'm not shutting up it's i don't know if it would work if you did it in stand-up in real life i would still be totally into it but it's one of those things that really makes you think when you're sitting at home and and uh, you know probably are scrolling on twitter to make a tweet while you're watching it and it, it, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Of like, that's what our society has come to is everyone yeah. has to have an opinion about everything all the time. And it's so funny because as right when he was saying it, I knew what he was going to say. I knew he was going to say, can we just shut the F up? Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, I was like, oh, that's exactly what he's going to say. And then I love yeah. how he goes, In oh, other I'm, words. Not, I'm not doing it. He's like, I'm not doing it right now. Um, and anyway, so I did remember what I was going to say about good, the good. white woman's Instagram is that he always has, and he talks about an unpaid intern where all of his songs, he feels the, the need to make everything have a deeper meaning. Right. And that's where I was going until I just completely lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. But yeah, no, but he does, he pulls it off in one way or another. There's still things on here and I hope we can answer some of them as we go along, but there's things that I still don't understand the meaning of it. Or I, there, I know there's a bigger meaning that. I'm completely missing. And so like, again, that one's good. Check out Wisecrack for that. I think they dive into it a little deeper with their philosophy background, but then yes, we go into the unpaid intern live reaction, which was 
just amazing again from being a gamer seeing these live reactions that every tom dick and harry is posting on youtube whether that's for an unboxing video or reviewing the trailer reaction that just dropped or reviewing the reaction of someone's reaction to a trailer whatever you want to call it like everyone does it i've done it my brother's done it everyone has done it and he says uh i just he's like you know because so many songs in the past about workers but never no one's really talked about the exploited intern and so that's kind of the the premise of this song. Then he said, I wrote that down. I need everything I write to have a deeper meaning. I'm desperate, a desperate need to be seen as intelligent. And uh, I'm so worried criticism will be given to me that I give it to myself. And of course, in Bo Burnham fashion, when the uh, reaction is over, it, he's not done. And so now he has to react <laughs> to himself reacting. And then he does it a third time. And each time he gets a little deeper too of saying like, Oh my God. Like the first one, he's like, yeah, you know, you could see uh, a little, little while ago, you know, my beard's a little smaller. And he's like, look at him talking about his beard. Like he's so pretentious. And uh, <laughs> just again, something that I don't think anyone's ever done. And to not only have the comedy behind the unpaid intern song being hilarious, but the reaction's hilarious, the reaction to the reaction's hilarious. It, it, but at the same time, it's sad because you're like, there are people that are actually doing this for real in, in real life, which is crazy. Yeah. So are, you need to start having a podcast in which you react to people's questions on podcasts. That's yeah, I'm going to I'm going to play the whole podcast and I'll talk over it as I'm going it's like, ah, this part. See, they, they said they thought that it was going to be uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Daredevil in the uh, Spider-Man trailer, but it clearly wasn't. And obviously, time was not kind to this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I even love how at the end he goes, is, is my hair thinning? He goes, I'm done. I'm done. Turn it off. <laughs> I'm done. Turn it off. Like, Turn it off. Like he's just so done with it. And, but it's funny, too, because you see, and I don't know if you thought about this, but to me, if you had someone live doing this, like a YouTuber, they would have had, I feel like they would have had the same reaction where he was like, oh, it's, it's not, stop, it's not, well, I guess it's still going. So I guess we'll just, we'll keep doing this. So here's, here's me doing the, the part where like, he just immediately starts going with the flow and not being like, yeah. why is my reality breaking? And I, but I yeah. feel like YouTubers would do the same thing. They would probably just be like, yeah, cool. This is going to give me some clicks for this. Like, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that one was great. Uh, next up is uh, a certain CEO and entrepreneur who was born in 1964, uh, Jeffrey Bezos. Uh, come on, Jeffrey, you can do it. <laughs> Love those songs. They're incredibly inspirational. I talked about this with you. That song specifically was on my summer playlist this year, just because the beat is so fun to oh dance to. And it really is. I just want to extend my congratulations to Jeff Bezos. Congrats, buddy. You did it. Uh, and you got two songs on here too, which is the, the second one is actually kind of creepy uh, when he's in the ghillie suit, just yes, like <laughs> Jeffrey <the> Bezos. <laughs> Congratulations. You did it. Uh, yeah. I get the point behind that of calling out the ultimate uh, lizard in a sense, the ultimate uh, capitalist <laughs> and uh, bug eyed, bug eyed lizard. Of right. Valley. Yes, exactly. Salamander, and, sorry. Bug yes. Salamander. Yeah. I uh, actually, I, I typed out that whole entire thing. So we'll be talking about that right after okay. this, but, uh, <laughs> but he's part of that. Right. And he's part of what Sako is talking about. And I, I just love that he calls out Jeff. It was perfect timing too, because who profited more during the pandemic than Jeffrey Bezos for, his Nobody. genius idea to get two-day delivery for literally every single item you could ever want, which also Ronnie Chang talks about in those opening minutes of his stand-up. And I was like, oh, are yeah. you sure he, this didn't come out about, in 2020? 
he talks about it's going to get to a point where he doesn't even know he wants it, but it's going to show yeah. up at his door. So <laughs> funny. Amazon now. I'm calling yeah, it Amazon, Amazon now. now. Amazon before. <laughs> I'll I need to rewatch that. It, I was laughing really hard. I was like, man. And totally weird, totally different character than when he's in the movies. He seemed a lot more adult and serious, even though he was still being really funny. Whereas I feel like in the movies he's been in, he kind of has a, a carefree style where he is. He seemed maybe it was because he was wearing a suit. I don't know, but yeah, um, I, don't, I like him on the Daily Show too. A lot of his skits on the Daily mm. Show are just like his stand-up. So yeah, uh, but yeah. So next skit is uh, him lying on the floor. Uh, and he says, maybe allowing giant digital media corporations to exploit the neurochemical drama of our children for profit was a bad call. <laughs> maybe the flattening of the entire subjective human experience into a lifeless exchange of value that benefits no one except a handful of bug-eyed salamanders <laughs> in Silicon Valley is not good. And then he says, I'm horny. <laughs> and then the next song is, <laughs> is uh, sexting, which was great. But again, just a snippet that you, I don't think, again, you could probably pull it off in a stand-up routine, but it works so much better here as a part of like a quick clip. Cause again, I don't know, did he plan this? Did he have some thought one day and jotted it down and then got into that pose and position or was he already laying there spewing nonsense and only edited that one piece of it? I, I have no idea, but I, I feel like he was honestly, I feel like he was laying there for a while. Yeah. And Which then, means he was probably depressed and he was probably again, just like talking about some stuff and then was like, actually, that's a pretty good idea yeah um and he's even talked about before in prior or prior i don't know if his stand-ups or just clips whatever shows he was on but um he's always talked about how the internet's been great because that's how he started i mean if it wasn't for right. youtube he he wouldn't be around yeah and he's always talked about how um it's all great until the internet becomes privatized which is what it's starting to become um and yeah, one of the, the it's it's funny how I have more thoughts on some of the skits than I do some of the songs. Yeah. Um, but, and I'm sure it even goes along with some of the songs later, but Gen Z has grown up putting all of their thoughts and feelings on the internet. Yeah. And, and he even talks about in Make Happy, he goes, if you can live your life without an audience, do it. Because everyone is so used to posting everything about themselves on the internet and gen z has grown up with it i mean you know computers weren't always a thing you know i can go back to middle school high school playing you know i used to go home and play chess with a couple of my friends on pogo and listen to music wow and so i mean i'm part of it but i'm not gen z who hasn't spent my entire life on the internet putting every thought but and then it's to the point where they're putting all of their thoughts and feelings on the internet for businesses like Amazon to use for profit. That that sweet, sweet algorithm that That's everyone sweet. talks about. And, and it's funny because, you know, even, and I've noticed at work, um, you know, these rewards programs where, you know, you shop and then you can earn points or you can earn money. It's just so even my employer, which shall not be named, for the sake of, I don't want to Redacted. get fired for anything, for anything I might want to say. Um, you know, we have a rewards program where it tracks everything that you buy. And yes, you get money to spend there later on, but it knows. So then all of a sudden, okay, you buy, you know, items one through a hundred. And let's say you buy 10 things that are baby related. You buy diapers, wipes, you know, baby food, formula, milk, all this kind of stuff. 
And then it sees that and knows, okay, so this person attached to this set of numbers at this email address has a kid. So then it will then send me coupons for baby stuff, you know, $10 off, whatever it may be. And that's what Amazon's doing. They're selling their information, that information of algorithms to, hey, this person's been buying, you know, Crest toothpaste for the past six months automatically being sent to their house. So then they're going to get, you know, toothbrush ads for this one that they want them to buy because Amazon has X amount of ownership in that company. Yeah. They're like, well, all right, let's see. And like you said, the algorithm and just the internet is everywhere and entwined with everything and how you can, you know, go to your parents' house for a week. And then all of a sudden you start getting ads for products that they own because you were under the same Wi-Fi. And all of that information is tied in. And then, so then you go home and you start getting ads for products that aren't even carried in your state, but because you were in a different state that carries it. Yep. And it, I mean, the internet's just a wild place. It, it, I mean, we're going to get to that one as, yeah. as it goes on, but yeah, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. And it, the, the worst part about it is I, I get that with my local grocery store. Like we've got, we've got our login to get the discounts and the coupons and, uh, those coupons come and they're awesome. Like, you know, I use the cheese coupon and the free, the free simply juice. I get a free simply juice that, that I can pick mm-hmm. from. I love these coupons. And that's the worst part about this is that it's not, even it the, it's not even the dopamine rush, but it's the fact that it's working. And the fact that that's what I, I deep down, that's what I want. I would love to get only coupons for the things that I actually buy. That makes mm-hmm. the most sense to me. And sometimes they send me things that I, it's like, oh, you know, try this out. And it's like, no, I'm not going to feed your algorithm that way. I know what I want. But at the same time, I'm like, I like getting your coupons. I like getting the discounts. I like filling out the survey to save $10 on my next purchase. Like, and I know the rabbit hole that I'm going down for it. Cause then I start seeing the ads on my phone while I'm scrolling. And, but at the same time, it's like, I like getting the discount, like, you know, name your store and there's a, there's a rewards program for certain things. And I just missed the days where I know, and I'm, you, you, you listeners are not going to get to see this, but my local record store has this kind of loyalty card, which is a punch <laughs> card. And uh, every time I go and spend a certain amount, I get a punch and then I get free stuff. They don't take any of my information down. They even tried one time They tried to get my Instagram. And I said, no, but uh, Instagram <laughs> does it too. They got the suggested posts and uh, I, I spent about a year uh, filtering my Twitter as well, because, you know, when you're on Twitter, you'll see a lot of posts that the people you follow like, which mm-hmm. is and, and I don't get any of those anymore, which is weird. Like I was actually on my computer and I don't know why it's on, only on my phone, because when I was on my computer, I was seeing them all of these ones of I've never seen before on my phone. I don't get them anymore. Cause I would always say, stop, you know, stop suggesting this, stop doing this, but it sucks. Cause every time you do that, Twitter gives you a notification saying, are you sure? And the notification takes up half of your screen and you have to sit there and wait. Like they make it hard for you to oh, yeah. avoid this stuff, which I mean, mm-hmm. check out the, I, we talked about it at one point. I, I think we did, but I know I talked about an episode. It was a Netflix special called uh, what was it? The one about the internet where they had the little, uh, they had the, the vignette of the kid who gets radicalized and, you know, they're trying know to send it, right? About, but I, I watched it, it twice. I didn't uh, see it, but I knew we were talking about yeah, everyone I don't remember like, what well, the name I, of it was. They're like, well, I hate the internet now. And I was like, well, yeah. I don't watch that. But, and that's but even it's like, like, like your point, like to unsubscribe from emails. 
they don't make a big unsubscribe button at the top. You, no, have, you have to, to find to it. Very, you got to scroll to the very bottom and then you have to hit unsubscribe and then you have to go through all the list of, oh, are you sure you don't want to keep this one or this one or this one? It's like, no, I stop. And yeah. even Major League Baseball, I just noticed it today. They don't give you the option to unsubscribe from all of their lists. You have to wait until you get like the next MLB Insider email to unsubscribe from that wow. or the next MLB Extra Innings email and then unsubscribe from that. So, yeah. I mean, they've yeah, got their hooks the in us. They, <laughs> and they're in us. And I can't even imagine being born into this. I mean, I remember yeah. third, third grade was when I really started to get into the computers, like PowerPoint presentations for school. Really? Third grade? Yeah. And I mean, I'm 32, so you're not too much. Younger yeah, but I, am, I but... didn't, I didn't do a computer thing until probably like sixth grade, seventh grade, maybe even eighth grade. Maybe it's the two AirPod Pros money. Uh, probably. Maybe. Yeah. That, and I grew up maybe in a really small cool. town in Texas that didn't have, I had the dial up and, you know, I, I only <laughs> ever went on to hear that you've got mail. Actually, I adjusted all of my stuff. Here's a secret. Cause, and, and you guys are free to dox this because I don't use this email anymore, but my first email was K Mojo man, because uh, I loved uh, Austin Powers. And so I had gotten a, a pack or whatever for AOL to where everything was Austin Powers. So instead it would say, you've got mail, baby. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what it said every time. I loved it. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so again, yeah, the internet screwed up and, and it doesn't make sense because when you think about what the internet is, it's like, it could, it could be so much more, but corporations have narrowed it to be such a specific thing that it's like, you're either using the internet to look things up and search for them or you're buying stuff or, or, or uh, you know, what is that called? Social media, basically like talking mm -hmm. with people, inter interact, interacting with people. Well, Just, and what's exhausting too is as much as I don't want to buy things on Amazon, they make it so easy. Same, same problem. I mean, when you, you look and it's like, I would love to support a local bookstore, but when the book is $6 less online plus free shipping and I can pre-order it and not have to pay for it until it's shipped. Whereas there's other places you can pre-order something and uh, you got to pay for it up front right away and you can cancel it at any time. You get you you get the Amazon card and you get five five percent back on all of your purchases. That gets you more to spend on Amazon. Again, it's it's a vicious circle that I'm sad to admit that I'm sucked into. But again, like I can't complain when I I get a 4K set of uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies for twenty six dollars listed for ninety nine dollars originally. Like you can't beat that. Yeah, and like you said, as much as I love going to Best Buy and like physically going to buy my copy of you know black widow whatever it may be like if i can get it a day early and then i don't even have to leave the house like and you know everyone lives a different life but like you know sometimes with you know me having my kid it's not always easy to just jump in the car run to two or three targets to look for something hoping they have it in your size hoping they have what you're looking for or you could just sit on the couch and three clicks later and it'll be on your doorstep in two days. Like it's just yeah. like you, they make it too easy. They to do, not, but that's and that's what Wisecrack actually talked about in their thing because they talk about it with this skit. They talk about it with a couple of other skits too of just this this uh, downward pro progression of society that's being assisted by society of what, of what we're saying. Like we hate that this is happening, but it's kind of cool. Like we like it. It makes sense. And so mm -hmm. at what point do you open your eyes and step out of the cave in that sense? It's like, 
it, it's not going to change because even when you watch Wally now, and I haven't seen Wally in a really long time, but I know if I watch Wally, I'm going to be like, I, I know watching it again, I'm going to think that we're closer to Wally than I did when I watched Wally the first time of just that society of everyone in chairs floating around and staying in a spaceship because they ruined the earth. And like, what are we doing to stop it? Because we're kind of all contributing to it, but now you're getting into the like, well, what can you do about it? Which he talks about in some of his other songs. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this one, again, he ends this one saying I'm horny and the next song is sexting, which <laughs> again, another one I think Wisecrack touched on, which is, and I love this bit too, when he goes AT&T, yeah. uh, <laughs> calling out those corporations. I love it. Uh, but yeah, he says, uh, you know, you're, you're basically removing yourself even further from human interaction is the whole point of this mm-hmm. song is just, again, turning that on its head and making fun of it. But like, that's what a lot of people had to do during the pandemic. That's what people did before and are doing after the pandemic. It's like, and I, I, I get the line, we don't need phonetical diction, talk dirty, yeah, like, like we're ancient, ancient Egyptians. Egyptians. That is just, that is like a brilliant rap line. I think and, that's- and, and while he says it, all the emojis are being projected onto his face. Yes. The entire time. I love just, the, the lighting that he uses in this. Yeah. I mean, he, he did a lot of experimental lighting on at the end of Make Happy. Um, and then even in now, I did not see eighth grade. I don't know if you did. I did. I did. Yeah. I saw you did. Okay. So I do know there's a lot of scenes in that movie where, and you know, in most films, when somebody has a smartphone, you don't see any light. It's just a prop. It's just a thing that somebody has in their hand. But in eighth grade, there's a lot of scenes in which the lighting in the scene is coming from the smartphone. Right. And he and he does that a lot in this, where he's just laying there basically saying like, okay, the phone is the main thing that I want you to think about in this scene, because that's exactly what we do. We sit and stare at our phones all the time. And now, I mean, something is <laughs> primal as sex and that you're now all of a sudden just dumbing it down to texting on a phone. And it's, you know, he calls it out too. And it's the same as like we're saying of, yeah, it's not uh what would you say it's not it's not best buy but it's the next best thing to use amazon it's like it's not sex but it's the next best thing is what you know is the line and it's like you really are you're going you're going out of your way to avoid human interaction and it's just it's fascinating and you call it out i i would say to anyone who's who's curious about that too you can get some information on the the hollywood reporters youtube page they usually do yearly interviews with the famous stars of the year who have like the biggest movies and and that year for eighth grade uh he was one of the directors in the director roundtable just brilliant conversation around the movie he basically said you know he, he would actually go on youtube and search for uh young young kid advice or something like that and there were, he, he said that he would scroll to the bottom of the search and there would be videos of kids that had like five views of them giving advice as like, uh, you know, and they were in like second grade or something. And he was just like, he said, this is like, that's real is how he was describing it of like, this kid is doing this. No one is seeing this except, you know, I get to see this, but like he, he talked about that too, of the lighting of all that. He really was purposeful in that because it, you know, they don't show that in the movies. And it's like, that is the part of our life now. Like the phone is a part of our life. The internet is a part of our life. Uh, just, just wild. And well, yeah. hell, even Apple has a um, option on your phone for like night mode, like at a certain All my time. stuff. You're a day mode man, aren't you? I, yeah. I'm a light mode. All right. Uh, we're done with time. this. Done with this interview. Like, I'm in the car right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> I look, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, but my eyes can't handle like I'm, I, I know you saw me rubbing my eyes. Like I, I'm not good with light for a long time. It really hurts my eyes. So I have well, to and I, my phone usually is on do not disturb by eight o'clock anyway. And then I just Ooh, eight. I have mine on starting at six. Oh my. Yeah, my I do not like being bothered. <laughs> but uh yeah, but then of course, you know, the freaking iPhone has that notification on it the entire night. So if I want to just gaze at my phone background, I can't because the giant it's do not disturb time. Yeah. And you can't ever the only thing you do is turn it off. Again, that's how they get you, right? Yeah. Because then you're not gonna interact. I also have all of the notifications turned off on my phone as well, except for like texting. But uh they're always trying to get you. Uh, next on here is uh, the next skit, which I forgot about and was so happy to see, which is him thanking everyone for, uh, he's, he's like, I just want to tell you guys that I am so happy oh, yeah. and so <laughs> glad that you're, and I'm, you guys can see this, I'm holding a knife up to Anthony and he's just thanking everyone while he's got this giant Bowie knife in his hand. And I, la- I remember I laughed so hard when I saw that because it just, that is my kind of comedy of like because well, then it's so you're gonna want to stick holds. around it holds and yeah then it holds on just yeah. holding a knife for like a good 30 seconds so awkward and so scary and it's like what is he trying to i get the joke i get the joke i just didn't know if there was anything deeper to it i don't think there is of just him being, being silly yeah. uh and then the next one is actually and i i hope i hope you have a different opinion on this this is like one of the only songs i don't like on the uh on the show which is stuck in a room and uh he he says something in this and this is this is the only take i have from this but he th- this line comes up throughout it where it says come out with your hands up we've got you surrounded what does that mean because the way that i take it when i'm listening to it is that he's crazy is that he's saying he's going crazy and then reality hits and the police are saying come out with your hands up like we've got the place surrounded because he's he's a psycho in the story not in real life but like yeah, that's the um, only I thing have- i can think of I have no idea. Like okay. said that, and I've listened to it a hundred times. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I like this only thing it. I can think of is that's what but he I would think, tell Doesn't somebody. he also say it at the end? Yeah, he does. Any day now, like outside when he's outside of the, the house and then trying to get back in. Yeah. But I like, thought. come out with your hands up. Like that to me, that just means the cops of like, you know, we got the place surrounded or SWAT team or something like that. So I don't yeah. know. What did you, do you like this song? It's fine. It's like comparing him as a kid playing inside to playing inside now, basically. Yeah, it's it, and I have a terrible memory, and it, <laughs> I can only remember songs and lyrics when I'm hearing the music. But then, as soon as you cut the music off, I'm like immediately like, all right, I have no uh, idea what the what. The, <laughs> so like when you're reading off lyrics, I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember that. But like I'm looking at the set list, and I'm like, I don't remember what was even until I hear it again. But yeah, this is one where I don't, I don't ever remember the lyrics to this song. I don't even have this one on my uh, Apple Music. This is at, at this point, I'm just being a goldfish. Goldfish. That's a Ted Lasso joke. Oh, well, okay, yeah, I'm good, good. <laughs> Enjoy, <laughs> listeners. Uh, but I also commented on this one too that this is when we start seeing the cracks forming uh, in the show itself of him because this is yeah. where he finishes the song and then he says one more. And then he he goes back and then it kind of fades out and moves on to something else. But you're like, okay, he's kind of a perfectionist. You're you're getting the hint of it here. And obviously you get it way more as as time goes on. But I like that. I like that there's like a little bit of progression, almost a story in a sense, as it goes, Mm -hmm. which makes sense with him just having that happen in real life. Like everyone progressively gets worse. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, but then we get to one of my favorite songs, which is uh, <laughs> problematic. I love this song, uh, commenting on cancel culture and uh, the idea that, oh, maybe if I just get out ahead of it and put a song out about it, I'm going to be good to go. Uh, but also the idea I love, like with this second verse or uh, I must I must address the lyrics of my previous verse. Like he's canceling himself from the prior verse already, like already trying to cover. I just. Yeah, talking about being Aladdin for Halloween. Even yeah, like didn't darken his skin. Yeah, I did not darken weird. my sin, but it felt weird in hindsight. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I put, you can sing a song and that's enough of an apology, which is kind of what I, I took that as because, again, everyone's getting canceled these days and everyone puts out the same exact sort of, uh, you know, script of, I'm so sorry, I had no idea what I was doing back then. I was younger, I wasn't thinking, and I've, I've learned and grown. And I, I am contrite and I'm looking for forgiveness. That's like literally every single thing. But yeah, let me pull the lyrics up on that one because yeah, I love the, the last bit on that. Um, oh yeah, but he also says that uh, a tiny town in Massachusetts, overwhelmingly white. I went, <laughs> I went to church on Sundays in a suit and a tie, then spent my free time watching Family Guy. That uh, was kind of me growing up a little bit. Uh, I didn't wear a suit and tie, but I uh, did watch myself some Family Guy. And uh, yeah, on Halloween, when he was 17, he dressed up as Aladdin. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the whole and the whole thing where he's just like, times are changing and I'm getting old. Are you going to hold me accountable? My bed is empty and I'm getting cold. Isn't anybody going to hold me accountable? Ah, and it's like almost to the point where I wonder if he's kind of commenting on like, cancel me like what about me don't forget about me i've said some crazy stuff in my past yeah so she has the lyrics when he says and you know there's a song title that with this word that you've already warned people um it says i wrote offensive shit and i said it father please forgive me for what i did not realize what i did or that i'd live to regret it yeah times are changing and i'm getting old some of his old stuff is rough yeah i mean oh yeah he's he says some very um you know i don't even want to say towing the line like he goes over the line on some stuff yep. um you know it's a lot of homophobic jokes and slang that he uses uh but at the same time you know one thing that i feel like has always been something that not everybody thinks about but everybody notices but just doesn't even think twice is that you know how many i don't do you watch mma mixed martial arts no not really but i'm i'm very familiar with it i made a movie about it okay so i mean name you know name your top three mma fighters uh logan paul jake paul just kidding uh probably <laughs> probably the only ones i got the conor mcgregor would be number one uh Pacquiao. Okay, well then, i don't even need to know the other two is the fact that you had conor mcgregor as your number one but that's only because the- i know him the most <laughs> of any of them And the reason why you do is because he just talks trash. He runs his mouth. He does things for attention, for clicks. Publicity. And and publicity. And he knows what he's doing. And honestly, I feel like a lot of these guys, even with Logan Paul, Jake Paul, I think they're both garbage people. I don't want to talk about them. But, you know, if you were to sit down with Conor McGregor, I feel like more than likely he's not the same person that you see on TV. You know, he's doing Really? You think so? I I don't I don't know I mean I think he I mean he's made millions of dollars last year and like you said he was the number one person that you know out of everyone that's ever fought MMA that's like if I if if I think about it you know and nine times out of ten you're gonna have the same you know list like I know Tyron Woodley because he's from St. Louis and he just fought one of the Pauls and then he didn't lose but he lost 
um, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So like I know him and then I know Conor McGregor. And I feel like Bo almost started the same. Like, oh yeah, he ha- yeah, like he, he had to say he, those things to get his attention out there to get his name out. Yeah. There. So people were like, oh, can you believe what he just said? But it wasn't bad enough for the and cancel culture wasn't a thing back in 2009, 10. 11 when he was big and extremely offensive but you can definitely tell now that in those lyrics that he's grown up and he's realized like hey um i like you said you put the attention on him like hey are you is somebody gonna talk to you me know me it? yeah exactly <laughs> uh, hold me accountable like bring me in the spotlight about what i said back in 2015 when he was having panic attacks on stage but i think that a lot of that is is that is that you remember people who run their mouth put on a show and that's just part of today. Like, you know, we talked about earlier, just about getting clicks, getting yeah. likes and getting reactions. And I mean, that is the, the, uh, that is Lo- Logan Paul and Jake Paul. They are like the apex of clickbait culture in that sense. Like their entire business model is around doing things that are going to get, get them in trouble, but they're going to get the clicks. They're going to apologize. And that video is going to go viral of them apologizing. And then they'll do the next thing and, and, and do it that way. So, yeah. yeah which regardless of how you feel about them, they're filthy rich and they took advantage. They took yeah. advantage of, it was Vine, right? Back when they got big. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> I love Vine was big. amazing. I loved Vine. But Vine mm-hmm. was my, my jam. Yeah. I used to have a ton of cool Vines. But Isn't TikTok uh, the exact same thing. I never did. Vine I have now. not used TikTok. TikTok's totally different. It's a lot crazier. You the annoying like, don't get me. We can't do a TikTok. Okay, right? All right. we can't. Okay. We can't. No, that's fine. That's a separate but, podcast. But they <laughs> saw an opportunity and they yep. capitalized on it. And that um, I can't blame them for that because they're exploiting society as it is. And I think that's how people have gotten rich all throughout time is exploiting society at their current state. And instead of trying to move society into a future state, they're just mining for gold right now, sort of thing. That's what Sako said. Exactly. Actually, you know, it's funny. uh, My family actually has a bit about Conor McGregor that we do. uh, And that's why I don't know if it's true or not, but we always do this thing where like Conor, you know, he just got done with his fight or whatever. And he's just, he's livid, you know, because he always is. He's always mad. And he, he gets into the pub. And they say, Conor McGregor, put down your paws and pick up a pint. You don't need to be fighting in here. And I, I think it came from a news article that he started like a brawl in a pub. And we were just like, what's his deal? Like, he doesn't want to just chill, have a drink, pick up a pint. But maybe you're yeah, right. Maybe, I, maybe I loved his, his last fight. I don't know if you saw it. Well, he broke his did, leg. Uh, and oh. he's, yeah, he broke his leg. So he's on the ground with a broken leg. Joe Rogan is like, snuggling up next oh to him God. like on like he's like leaning on one arm like snuggling up next to him with the microphone and the entire time he's laying there with a broken leg running his mouth about Poirier's wife <laughs> DMs. <laughs> oh that's awesome that's and I'm like insane. man you've got a broken leg and you're running your mouth to the other guy like it's it's but at the same time that's the stuff that you remember and it's the same right. thing they always talk about they, they always talk about the same thing with weddings you don't ever remember the things that went right. You remember everything that went wrong. Yep. It's that's the way that our brains are trained. And it's like, you know, he's probably thinking it too. Like his body is only going to last for what? 10 more years to, in total, probably like 40 more years. But the stuff that he does and those weird things he's doing, those last forever. And it's that, yeah. it's that I same mean, mentality of like mm-hmm. scars, heal glory. What is that? Scars, heal glory fades. Uh, <laughs> the old country song. When uh when he went on his promotional tour when he fought Mayweather 
they were going city to city and he wore a pinstripe suit and along the pinstripes said f you and if you zoom in it and it said it and then uh roosevelt's was just a a shirt company they sold that shirt it's just a short sleeve button-up shirt and i was like all right i gotta buy it and then i i bought i can't remember how much it was but that is like a sought after shirt like i've had a buddy of mine offer to pay me a hundred dollars for it because people want to buy this shirt now i can't wear that very many places right I can't just like go to my kids like preschool orientation where a shirt that has pinstripes FU all over it, but I can at least wear it to the bar when I watch him get his leg broken during his next fight. Right. Hey, uh, we were just talking about the, what, what uh, Star Wars Funko Pop has gone up in value more so than any of the others. Cara Dune, because she got canceled. Like there's, there's just oh, yeah, this, were, I- yeah. this idea that when thing people get in trouble, it's like, we need to get we need to get their stuff we need to be a part of this because this is going to go like there's just again totally different podcasts but there's so much to talk about in terms of just the way that we have created this culture uh Mm -hmm. and he 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 gets to this point i gotta i gotta mention this at the end when he says i just remember that aladdin costume is still in my mother's attic (laughs) i'm gonna go home and burn it or not burning it is is burning it bad what should i do with it but i that right there is that is kind of his call out for that of like okay you know, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to apologize? Do you want me to not apologize? Do you want me to move on? Do you want me to stay in the past? Like, what do you want me to, you tell me what you want. Cause clearly this is affecting you more than it's affecting me. Obviously about certain things. Again, there's some things yeah. you definitely need to apologize for, but right. um, just interesting for him to call that out. And then he says, uh, you know, all of it was perfectly lawful, just not very thoughtful at all. And again, going back to that whole society thing, like all of this cancel culture is coming from it's it's no one's breaking any laws in regards to that it's just the things they're saying they shouldn't be saying or shouldn't be you know prescribing to that sort of stuff just fascinating and again he's able to brilliantly call that out multiple layers in one short song where he's exercising and holding himself out like jesus and sweating and and, you know the lion he's a problem he's a he's a martyr yeah and it's just so weird to like like you said about things that you said and one thing that comes to mind is back in 2018 when the blues won the stanley cup so rookie goaltender jordan bennington was getting ready to start it's his rookie season and then all of a sudden right before game one against boston a tweet comes out of his from when he was like 15 years old talking about what i think he said something about women or blah 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 but it's like oh that's a you know, kind of a convenient time for this to come out. And later it came out that it was intentionally released before that game to try to get in his head and screw him up. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is just crazy. And I said 18, I meant 2019. No, let's get to the same as as James Gunn. It happens to everyone. Everyone has, every single person on this planet has said something they either wish they hadn't said or in hindsight looked back and said, yeah, probably shouldn't have said that. I mean, it's like, when you're kids, you'll do or say anything that you, th- it, it's the same thing when you're a kid. Like you, you will do or say anything that will make other people laugh so that they like you. And that's the exact same thing as doing it for clicks. And and it's just at a very small scale. And so they, you know, Paul brothers, they, they capitalize on that. People love laughing, man. They love getting yeah. crazy. Every, everybody has already done the thing that would get them canceled as a politician. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Yep. It's just, <laughs> it's just all a matter of where you said or did it, you know, is it recorded and is someone going to find right. out and use it against you? Um, yeah. So next up is a, a mixture of a skit and the song 30. So we get a really sad 
uh, skit where he's talking about how he it's been six months that he's been working on this special and he, his goal was to finish it before he turned 30. And I did time it this time. It actually did take a full minute from 1158 or 1159 to midnight. I thought it was a trick of the camera, but it literally is a full minute. It just feels and like it takes he a actually longer. turns 30. That's exactly halfway through the special. No way. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's when really he cool. turns 30, that as soon as that hits midnight, that's exactly halfway through his special. Which makes sense too. Cause he, by the end of it, he said he'd been working on it for about a year. So it's like, that's the six month mark and, and yeah. right at that year, just so cool. And then, you know, we mm-hmm. get, again, that was uh, right around when I turned 30 and uh, we get this 30 song too, uh, talking about all the used tos, which was something that Again, I was like, huh, I need to think on this. Like, are there things that I used to do as well? But I, this song always makes me sad because he says when I when my uh, grandpa was 27, uh, he was, you know, <laughs> fighting in, in Vietnam. Vietnam. <laughs> uh, but people have pointed out, and I wanted to call that out as well, but when Bo Burnham was 27, he made eighth grade. He, he made an Oscar-winning movie and won, won an Oscar for it. So he was pretty accomplished when he was 27, but I get what he's saying. I, I get it. And yeah. again, that's him kind of struggling with, the the changing of the guard in a sense and that the generational differences of like God, the, the the boomers criticizing us for being the way that we are in the same way that we criticize gen z for being the way that they are like every generation is somehow better than the the you know prior generation and vice versa they all every we're generation not, we're not better than anyone yeah uh yeah i mean everyone's kind of got their own stuff but he said i loved the lighting in this one i thought this was cool using his phone to kind of oh yeah move it around, it around himself yeah. and you know kind of dancing in spot also wearing nothing but his birthday suit minus the uh um the pants i guess uh and then he says something at the very end too he says uh in 2030 or he said what he said uh in 2020, said, and, I'll give it another 10 years. In 2030, I'll be 40 and kill myself then. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, super dark and sad, but I, I thought that was really funny. It's like, hey, dude, yeah. whatever you can take to, to kick the can down the line when you're struggling <laughs> with something like that, like better than doing it right yeah. now. And he hates all of his friends' kids, apparently. Yeah, that's right. All my all stupid friends are having stupid children. <laughs> that great line. <laughs> and then he says so many times. Yeah, over and over. But hey, you know, that's, the frustration of being you know young and single when all of your other friends are having kids and, and moving on with their lives uh it's pretty stressful did you have any uh, other thoughts on that one no not really okay. nothing nothing too major yeah uh and then of course yes you know he ends with that line the next skit is him saying i don't want to kill myself oh <laughs> uh, but then but i love this and then it goes to him watching himself say these mm-hmm. things which is the perfect uh kind of mea culpa apology because the way that he says it yeah it's funny but at the same time that's bordering on the old Bo Burnham's kind of tastelessness of him saying uh, yeah if I could kill myself for a year I would I would do that like I you know 18 months that'd be fantastic but yeah you know that's not how it is it's forever forever. you're dead forever and that's not great trust me I've had some friends do it and honestly it was it was a (laughs) bummer I didn't love it it was a bummer wasn't great and he's just sitting there watch and I just I love that though because it's again his older self by I don't know what it would have been maybe a month or two of him just watching that and being like like you see it on his face where he's like this is just I shouldn't have said that but you say it all through the look and then from there you kind of there's a comedy in that as well but that same sort of like damn he is good like that he would make i mean that's the perfect thing right would be to have the person who got canceled 
be videoed watching themselves say or you know do whatever it was that got them canceled like that's the yeah, ultimate that's sort right. of thing he, so that's cool he, he was my wife after she, she like laughed like probably five minutes after was like yeah had some friends kill themselves wasn't great yeah didn't love it <laughs> didn't love it <laughs> like, Not a like j- just his tone about it about something so, so ca- serious yeah so casual yeah, just, yeah, like, and he leads right into the uh the intermission at that point which was kind of cool it's just him cleaning the uh the camera lens um, yeah, kind of so wiping many times. With, I know, with I know. <laughs> which is very satisfying to see yeah. the, the squeegee and then all of a sudden just completely clear. Mm-hmm. And moves into what the ultimate song uh, of its time. Uh, it's not one of my favorite songs, but the song I Don't Want to Know, uh, specifically because I remember, and, and this is funny because again, my wife it loves Bo Burnham now she like loves this this album I don't think she's as big of a fan of his older stuff but like she listened and again probably because of TikTok there's some stuff on TikTok but also mm-hmm. like we're always we listen to this on the road trip to St. Louis we we're listening to this album but when this song came on she was on her phone and I laughed so hard because like you know he's saying it and he's he says do I have your attention are you on your phone <laughs> and she like looked up and I was like ah like see yes this this is so perfect. Like, cause you, you know, by now, like the intermission came, people are probably going to be on their phone and he's talking about, you know, did you like this? Well, don't tell me, I don't want to know. I think I already know what you're thinking. Like yeah. what a self-criticizing song to have, but it's, yeah. it's the sort of thing that everyone feels. Am I on in the background? It's like, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You kind of <laughs> are. Yeah. Am I on the back? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which is cool. A uh, cool again, very meta. Uh, and then from there, streaming, I said streaming. Oh, he's streaming inside. This was the other skit where he's doing the Twitch stream. This is really giving oh, me yeah. Death Stranding vibes because uh, c- it's boring. Boring. But that's the, but that's the point. Uh, and then the last bit, Dante, thank you for the four months. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's funny because I don't watch any like Twitch or live streamers. So, like so when he was like, oh, yeah, I'm giving out, you know, 30 subs. I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I, I used to watch. I, I want to i still kind of do but like i used to really watch ninja do Fortnite streams and uh it was literally that the whole time of like oh thanks man that's awesome really appreciate that appreciate the sub that's oh that's great <laughs> it's like, yeah well and even in mythic quest there's a character that does live streams that like the, yeah, there you the go. people that are trying to sell it they're, they're waiting for the reviews to come out and they're waiting for his review and he's like a nine-year-old kid <laughs> they're like if he likes it everyone else is gonna like it yeah <laughs> that's kind of like free guy too, right? i haven't seen it oh you haven't seen it oh well i mean it's no. the same thing there's a bunch it, of streamers playing the free guy game or whatever so okay yeah they, i want to do but i was like ninjas I, in it. I can wait is it i can wait until yeah oh you could totally wait that's fine it's i enjoyed now. seeing it in theaters but yeah it was it was good surprisingly i liked that and for those of you listening i did i did go see free guy and jungle cruise as well <laughs> for those of you who are making it uh this far into the episode you're getting the sneak peek of some of the other movies i saw with my amc pass but i liked free guy more than jungle cruise so I love Jungle Cruise. That's a, so. I, I, I liked it. I, I thought it could have been more and maybe I'll enjoy it on a second time around, but I just, I don't know. There was something about it that felt, I don't know. I don't know. It was hard to explain. I, we bought it on Premiere Access. And yeah, I didn't I, maybe I would have enjoyed it more that way. I had no expectations from it. I just want, I love The Rock. I love Emily Blunt. And I just want to, see, it, it was, you know, I don't even, was it like an hour and 45, maybe? Just keep yeah. me distracted for an hour and 45. Well, yeah, it did exactly a good job of that. So, yeah you know what i think I my problem is is i don't know if it was you or who it was that said if you like pirates of the caribbean which i freaking love 
And if you like the mummy movies, which you guys all know how much I love those, like you'll love this movie. And so that is the expectation I carried into the film. Okay. And then, I, I did not say anything about the mummy. So it was not me. It must have been I, uh, like an I did say thing. Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Because, I mean, it is fair, very fair. But of, you, I mean, you're calling it a ripoff of the newest uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, though. I guess maybe the first one as well in terms of the, the creatures in the jungle, but it felt a lot more like the Javier Bardem's uh yeah creepy guy sort of thing which i wasn't yeah. a fan of that pirate movie but well even the the ride is a ripoff of it's just a more intense version of the jungle cruise that's a really good point wow huh because they they wanted jungle cruise to come out right after pirates of the caribbean did but disney was like eh, it feels too similar so they they shelved it for a while interesting yeah i love the pirate i love the parts of the caribbean ride more than i like the jungle cruise ride but so I, I funny funny story about that um <laughs> i do not like rides i'm a baby i'm a sissy my stomach just kind of gives out on any drop okay. so we go on the pirates of the caribbean ride and before i asked my wife i was like hey am i gonna be able to ride this like she knows i'm a baby and she goes she's like thinking in her head because she's been on it before she goes uh yeah you'll be fine it's it's fine and then <laughs> about 30 seconds before we get to the drop in the yeah. tunnel, she, she just starts dying laughing. She's like, oh no. I go, what? She goes, you're not going to like this part. And I'm like, what? She goes, it's about to get real dark and there's going to be a drop. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. And then it does it. And then she's laughing the entire way down. And I'm just like, in, like panicking inside. And then afterwards, she's like, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. I'm not happy, but I'm fine. <laughs> Did that scare you? <laughs> uh, I'm just, it, it make, they make me sick. But uh, yeah, I don't, like, you know, I the don't... Disney, the Disney crew is very good about this. We, we went on like two or three rides and my, and Lisa was like, she's like, I'm getting like nauseous. And I was like, oh no, is the day room. She was like, someone has to have Dramamine. And we literally went to the, the, like one of the kiosks things where they were selling stuff. And we were like, Hey, do you guys sell like, uh, it was like, my wife's super nauseous right now. And like, do you sell? And they were like, yeah, actually. And the guy like walked us over to this other site and they, they sell like a little packet of like four of them. And the lady was like, Oh my God, are you okay? Like, I'm so sorry. They were so nice to us. And we ended up seeing the lady like later when we we're walking through and she was like, how are you? Are you doing okay? But she took, she took a Dramamine and was good to go the rest of the time. So maybe, maybe that's the secret. I would probably just fall asleep. I'd be like one of those guys that passes out during during the <laughs> like they pass out the fear and then you see the photo taken of you and you're just and like, then... <laughs> oh my god, we killed him. Uh, that's great. Um, but yeah, so that that one was cool. Again, just another uh, skit to be created in a room by yourself to stream yourself, you know, crying yeah. <laughs> and then getting yeah. up and walking around. Just brilliant. Like, you know, you can't do that anywhere else. You wouldn't be able to do that in a standard yeah. routine. So it's just yeah. another way for him <laughs> to do it. Yeah. I, I don't like that. I don't like how they give you a hint so early. Like, you know, let me figure it out when it was pick up the flashlight. Like, why would you need to pick up a flashlight? <laughs> yeah. Don't you hate flashlights though? Uh, we don't need to talk about it. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'm just wondering yeah. if maybe that triggered you when you saw that I'm not, scene. A, I'm not a huge fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Then, so next, yes. Uh, and as, as I didn't warn the listeners, but I know we, we try to keep things PG-13 here. And I guess under that PG-13 rating, you are able to say the uh, word shit, which is the uh, title whoops. of this next song, which is uh, another one of mine and my wife's most favorite songs, because this sums up the pandemic for so many people of uh let's see waking up at 11 30 feeling like a bag of shit uh, <laughs> uh haven't showered in nine days, nine days smelling like a bag of shit 
Uh, okay, I got it. I'm trying to. It's it is hard when I'm podcasting, looking at myself to remember the all of the lyrics, but I, I do sing this one all the time. Oh yeah, but he says, "Hi, how are we feeling out there tonight?" <laughs> yeah, I am not feeling good. Uh, yeah, he says, "Go to pour my coffee, and I miss my cup." OMG, that's just my luck. Look in the mirror and say, "What's up?" I won't say the rest of it, but uh, yeah, have you? Are you feeling what I'm feeling? Haven't had a shower in the last nine days. Uh, yeah, staring at the ceiling and waiting for this feeling to go away, but it won't go away. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not really feeling like I want to get lit. And I, I think we can all agree with this song. Like, there are so many days where, you know, one thing I will say is I never missed a shower uh, during the pandemic. I, I'm very religious about taking showers. But uh, there was a lot of that where I was just like, yeah, there's just those days where you just don't want to do anything. And you are just on the couch. And you can barely get yourself out of bed. And it was just great to see him doing it in such a pep happy and fun way. But it's like, oh, my God, this is totally me. And this was one of the TikTok ones, I think, right, that, you know, everyone's been. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, so deodorant sales actually went down during the pandemic. Did they really? Wow. Yeah, because so many people were working from home. That they're like, eh, I they didn't care. need it. Wow, which is funny, right? Because that that's like an interesting. Who am I trying to impress? Yeah, I like I like the next track. I like uh, all time low. Oh, the skit. Yeah, yeah. Current mental health rapidly approaching an ATL. That's all time low, not <laughs> Atlanta. Not Atlanta. <laughs> not Atlanta. <laughs> it's kind of that feeling where uh, I get this feeling in my body. Yeah, I uh, really sad though. Like I. So it, it's crazy how he's able to use the camera work to portray anxiety on how it's just so just uncontrollable and like the camera he zooms in right on him and all the flashing lights and like the sensory overload with the lights and the zoom and it just and, and even uh stanley kubrick used zoom in the shining to portray like anxiety like it would just be that real slow zoom on somebody yeah and mainly check torrance but yeah just how it went from back and forth to him just sitting there like not feeling great and then just loud in your face all the lights and i mean that's anxiety to a t of just you know panic attacks not being able to control it and it just slaps you in your face and it's like hey i'm here yeah and you it's like you, you try to do as much prep as you can in the off in the off season right of like okay you know the next time this happens like you gotta do this 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 and this and then the the attack's like actually no no and then just like you know beats the crap out of you again and you're like I thought I had a handle on it and I didn't. And now, you know, oh my God, I'm freaking out again. Like this is, this sucks. So yeah, just, and, but for him to be so open about it at the same time as being so descriptive about it. So like on one level, when you watch it, it's funny, but on another level, when you watch it, you're like, like you said, it's like, this is totally accurate. This is totally what I'm feeling. And then on the third level, you're like, he's sharing this with us. Like, this is really cool that he's willing to admit these sort of things. And obviously you know, they always say comedians are, are the ones that understand that sort of stuff the most because they're usually the most uh, damaged just because they're, you know, part of their job is always making people funny, but they can't make themselves laugh sort of thing. Yeah, almost all like depression amongst comedians is just yeah. rampant. And yeah, and for him, I mean, clearly from and that, that's the one thing I'll say, like I, from the very beginning of this, you know, teasing him for being in, in the guest house. But when he really goes into the fact of, and, and you didn't even realize it really, I, I kind of did when I saw the special, I was like, oh, I feel like I haven't seen Bo in a while. And when he, he says like, I've been gone for like five years, I couldn't do it because of panic attacks. And it's like, 
wow like he he was going through some stuff and probably still is going through some stuff and that's the honestly that's the worst part about all of it is like you can never tell when someone is is going through that sort of stuff right like it's it's really hard to see unless they're open and willing to admit it because everyone it's a lot easier to fake it than it is to you know admit it and and share that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and i know like when they filmed make happy a lot of the times comedians they'll film two two nights so then they'll they'll pick and choose like the best clips of like okay this joke got decent laughs in the first night but it got better laughs in the second night so they'll use the second oh, and, yeah. and they'll piece it together and he said he was watching one of the shows that he had a panic attack during and he was like i can't tell that i'm having a panic attack so like all the people that saw his shows they're like they heard about it after but they didn't know what's happening during yeah and yeah he talks about i mean he was i think he said he was going on a tour where he had like 45 shows in 50 days and My just God. the anxiety of having to do it and not knowing how to stop it and i mean like yeah you know it all looks like it's fun and games to be an actor to be a comedian and oh we'll get to do all this but 45 shows in 50 days across a country like that's a, that's draining i don't care who you are no that's like uh i'm trying to think of the maybe like the rolling stones i'm trying to, there's like you know those certain bands that have that many and they can pull it off you yeah. know what i 30 seconds to mars they did like three tours for their uh hurricane album and i just kept thinking like how are they doing this like going all over the country and then all over the world and then doing it again and it's like i, I couldn't do that like there's no way you could maintain that same level of excitement every single night having to sing the same stuff over and over and over yeah so i saw 30 seconds to mars but it was after this was after uh jared leto had played the joker in suicide squad and i felt like during that show he had he feels like he's reached that level of stardom in which he can like start a song and then just like put the microphone out and let the audience sing the rest of it and and maybe that's some of it because you can't be no i went i went and saw them in like 2000 and uh like 11 maybe Mm -hmm. and uh it was the same exact thing i actually i remember that now because that made me kind of upset where he would he would like sing a little bit and then everyone would sing the rest and i was like why did i pay to come to this concert like i don't want to sing i came here to listen but yeah i mean yeah there was there was just a lot of i'm like okay well hey man i'm here for you not all these people that got pit tickets yeah exactly right yeah exactly (laughs) um yeah so from there we then get to one of my other favorite songs which is welcome to the internet and uh (laughs) let me find those lyrics real quick because they are quick they're fast but this is such a good song such a good video because it really shows you the slow uh manipulation of the internet in a way right? Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's the snake oil salesman. He's the PT Barnum. That's, you know, got the cool glasses saying, welcome, (laughs) come on in. And the music slowly gets a little bigger every time. And by the end of it, it's too late. You're already hooked. But yeah, he says, uh, where's the part? Uh, yeah, there's, uh, oh yeah, I just, this is, there's no need to panic. This isn't a test. Just nod (laughs) or shake your head and we'll do the rest. Uh, yeah, would you like to fight for civil rights or tweet a racial slur? Be happy, be horny, be bursting with rage. We've got a million different ways to engage. Uh, here's a tip. Here's a tip for straining pasta. Here's a nine-year-old who died. We've got movies and doctors and fantasy sports and a bunch of colored pencil drawings of all the different Harry- characters in Harry Potter. Uh, that one was wild. And uh, yeah. yeah, but he gets to this part of uh, oh yeah. Let me see. Okay, so yeah, he says. Uh, 
See a man, see a man beheaded, get offended, see a shrink, show us pictures of your children, tell us every thought you think, start a rumor, buy a broomer, send a death threat to a boomer, or DM a girl and groomer, do a zoomer, find a tumor, and you're here's a healthy breakfast option. You should kill your mom. I just that is the internet. And I, I loved it because there are so many bits of this where I was like, I've seen this, like I've seen this piece, I've seen this bit of the internet. Like I I he's accurate 100 percent Yeah, and even the lighting, how at the beginning, it's just very like in, entrancing of the, very inviting the, the the back it's all black and then you see like the yellow stars that are slowly like kind of pulling you in and then they speed up and then they speed up even more and then it's like all right well now i'm in this rabbit hole but yeah the internet is just a wild 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 place you know i it has its its good moments it has plenty of bad moments but it's it's just crazy and even our friend lucy said this and it is i don't think it's word for word but even said that our brains were never meant to handle having the answer to every question at our fingertips or the answer yeah i mean to you know now i i remember in school having to write a report on whatever topic it may be and having to go to the library and look in actual books that people wrote and having to do research and i remember they'd be like okay we want you to have five uh you know paper sources and you can have one internet source wow that's right and and now it's like what was it the world books you remember those oh my god yeah the like encyclopedias but they're yeah they're the world books yeah Yeah. like people used to go door to door trying to sell world books to people and i remember having to flip through those to find you know the (laughs) you know where polar bears lived when i was in fifth grade and now it's just hey google you don't even have to type anything now. You no, can you just go to Wikipedia. And, and you know, to all of the people that say, well, Wikipedia is a bad source. Like you literally just go on Wikipedia and any spot that you find, go to where it's got the little source button. And when you click it, it takes you to the bottom to the actual website. And so then you go there and cite that website. Like I did that all the time in college and it, no one said a single thing. And it was like, it just, it, it, it's wild. You're absolutely right. It, it's changed the world so much. It's interesting. That comment of Lucy's is fascinating that we weren't meant to know all of this sort of stuff. I mean, there's certain things I definitely want to know, but yeah, the internet, I'll tell you this much. The internet has given me the answers to a lot of things I never needed to know and I never wanted to know. And and here it is all, you know, we could go on and on about that. That's a whole podcast of itself, but (laughs) we get to uh, the chorus, which is the definition of the internet, which is, could I interest you in everything all of the time? a little bit of everything all of the time, because that's literally what you do, right? You spend two seconds on this website, go to the next one, go to the next one. Apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime. That one hit home for that, me because yeah. like, it, and it's two, two completely different things too. He's able to fit them together, but they're completely separate. So the fact that when you're on the internet or you're on social media and something happens, like for example, today, Norm MacDonald passed away. And, uh, and I, I have this happen a lot. Whenever a celebrity passes away, you see a hundred different people make a post about what Norm MacDonald meant to them. And uh, I thought he was funny in Saturday Night Live. I enjoyed him and the things that he watched. I always thought he was hilarious, but I didn't know the guy. So I'm, I'm not going to make a post about it. Plus, uh, you know, everyone else already made a post, but there's just this mentality that when something like that, ha- when something happens, 
everyone has to you have to you can't be apathetic to it because it's apathy it's a tragedy right like you can't be apathetic you have mm-hmm. to you have to either be super passionate about it or you have to get really mad you have to get really enraged by whatever this thing is otherwise you don't care and it's like that's not fair and then the other piece of it the boredom being a crime again like when's the last time i tried to but like when's the last time you've sat and had nothing going on didn't have any podcasts to listen to didn't have any music to listen to didn't have any anything but the sounds of the outdoors or the sounds of nothingness or just your own thought even when it's your own thoughts your mind just starts racing and you start thinking about other stuff like it's okay to be bored but society and the internet has made it really hard to not be bored or to be bored because there's always a little bit of something to do on the internet. There's always a new game to play, a new quirky quiz to find out what power ranger you are. Like there's, there's everything. <laughs> uh, the, an example that sticks out the most to me in recent memory. Um, I went to go get a emissions test on my car and just sitting in the waiting room, waiting for my car to be done. Everyone in that waiting room was staring at their phones. There's, there's a TV in there. There's magazines stacked on the, the end tables and every single person, even like the 85 year old woman sitting behind me and I'm victim of it too. I would love to just sit there and just relax and not think of anything, but I can't. Like I remember specifically, I watched, I can't remember what episode of what if it was, but and I'm not keen on that show, but you I watched an I watched episode of what if in the on my emissions phone, tested on your during, phone? Yeah, oh. while my I, I can't remember which one it was because I just don't care. <laughs> uh, it's wild. And so I just watched it sitting there waiting. And then I remember I jumped in a voice chat. And I think you might have been. Oh, all thank right. God, the voice chat. Oh my God, thank God. <laughs> like, oh, that's something to do. Oh my God, thank God. Yeah. And then, like, I know Ryan was in there and I was like, hey, let's talk about this episode I just watched. And then I'm like, I, I think about that all the time. Like, boredom is a crime. Like, you know, every time I pick up my phone, Sometimes I have to remember what I'm doing on it, if I'm just doing it on habit or if I'm doing yeah. it for a reason. And then sometimes if I'm realizing I'm doing it on a habit, like I'm going to, you know, check the Lego website for the 12th time in the past week and a half, I just have to like slap my phone out of my hand and be like, just stop, just relax. Yeah. So yeah. You talk about variants, man. That's literally, I have that exact, <laughs> it's, you mentioned that. And I, I'm remembering back to the last time that I went and got my oil change, which was like. God, that was like, well, it wasn't the last time, but it's been a while. I have the Prius and I also barely drive it. So, you know, it takes a while, but I was in the room and everyone, same thing. There was an old person there too. It was like an old man. They're all on their phone. And I was thinking to myself, I'm not on my phone. Cause I was just sitting there, not on my phone, but I was <laughs> listening to a podcast in my ear. So I was technically on my phone and I, you know, that's yeah. me trying to make an excuse for it, but it's the same thing. There's times where I'll be just sitting and I li- and Lisa calls me out for this. She's like, what are you doing? I'm just looking at my phone. And like, I've checked all the apps that I need to check. I'm done. By all means, I'm done. And Mm -hmm. I'm like staring at my phone going like, there's got to be something else that I I missed that I I should be clicking on right now. And it's like, dude, go to bed. Like, what are you doing? And I just, it's crazy. And I do, I'll, I'll like throw my phone away. And those, those are the best moments ever. Right. We're like, I'll be like, oh, thank God I need to charge my phone and I'll plug it in and like hide it. And then I'm without my phone for like 45 minutes or an hour or whatever. And it just feels so good. 
And then it's like, oop, whoop, whoop. And, but then I look at my phone and I've got four Discord updates and three text messages. And I'm like, God, I shouldn't have left my phone down there. And it's like, that's the vicious cycle. And, and he talks about it here too in the, the insane bridge where he says, not very long ago, just before your time. And I, I'm assuming at this point, he's talking to a Zoomer or yeah, right, uh, Gen Z, but a, a little mm-hmm. kid or a baby, not long ago, before your time, right before the towers fell, circa 99. This was catalogs travel blogs a chat room or two we all we set our sights and spent our nights waiting for you and that's you insatiable you mommy let you use your ipad you were barely two (laughs) and it did all the things we designed it to do now look at you uh your time is now your insides out honey how you grew and if we stick together who knows what we'll do it was always the plan to put the world in your hand I mean, it's like no notes, right? Like you don't need that's, any. That's literally just, just insane. Those are the notes. Those and are the notes. Know, to not only have all of the answers in the internet, you have all the answers in your pocket yeah. all of the time or yeah. within an arm's reach. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I've got a friend who's got a, I think he's a five-year-old now. And we went to go see when they had their second child a couple of years ago in the hospital. And he was like glued to an iPad and they tried to take it from him. And the kid's like not having it. And I, I'm not, you know, ripping on anybody's parenting, I whatever, but it's exactly that. It's just to be born into a world where anything and everything can be answered within seconds is just, yeah. <laughs> like he said, it was the plan all along. Yeah, we were at dinner the other night and the table, a couple tables away from us, it was a husband and wife and their two young boys. And both of them had an iPad and they were both watching something while they were eating. And I, I for a second, I was like, okay, I, like that makes sense because the mom and dad were talking and it's like those kids would have probably been crazy otherwise. But I was just like, I can't like, I could never picture that me doing that. And, and I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen when I become a parent. And maybe I am in that situation of like, I need to get my kid to stop doing what they're doing. And if I, I just need them to focus on something, but I just, I don't think I would ever, I, I would want them to sit in front of a TV. I would rather it be that than like having an iPad or I'd rather get, maybe I'll just teach them how to read when they're super young and they can just read physical books. And that's going to yeah, be, well, that's going to be all and, we get. And even, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think because that was one thing my wife and I always agreed on with our, our kid. We were not going to go out and have him. You know, I even take kids in the grocery store with mom and dad's phone or an iPad. It's like they don't have to have something all the time. And again, I'm not picking on anybody that does this with their kids. This is just me personally. But yeah. um, I remember we went to Chili's one night and they have a lot of places. Even Red Robin has it's basically just a little tablet on the table. And that's how you pay your bill now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that. But they have games and like clips on them for the kids. And I'm trying to think, I mean, kids aren't always behaving and, but there's, I can think of two times that we've had Connor look at that. And that was probably just when he was, I don't know, maybe two. I don't know. I mean, not, it's not every time we're not bringing in our phones. It's just like, Hey, let us eat. (laughs) If you're not going to eat your French fries and applesauce, then just hang tight. Right, exactly. Like as a placeholder more so I think it's those times when you should be spending time with your kid and instead you have replaced yourself with an iPad or a phone for them to be kept company versus Mm -hmm. you keeping them company. I feel that's where I would take issue with it more so again from like, 
again, if you're a stressed out parent working 40 hours a week, 80 hours a week, and you're coming home to a crying kid and they're upset about something, and this will give you 15 minutes of free time, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to rib on you for doing something like that. But the, the question always becomes then when does that turn into the routine, right? Like, is that a one-time deal or is that now like, Hey, I know anytime this happens, I can start doing this. And then you've now given them the world in that sense. Yeah. I mean, even my son has a tablet, but it, it's a tablet, but it's not a tablet. I mean, it's a leapfrog thing. Like it doesn't have the internet. Like oh, right, right, when, right. when, when we looked into getting him one, I wanted to make sure that it did not have the internet. Like he could not stumble upon YouTube somehow. And he barely, he barely messes with it. I mean, he's got more books than I've ever owned in my life because we've read to him every night since he's been born pretty much. And that little kid loves flipping through books. He's like, I'm going to read this one to you. I'm like, I mean, you can't read, but okay do, do your best love it that's great i mean but that that is that's that's how i would grow up my parents read to me all the time and i i, I yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna jump into other people's parents not your parenting but you know anyone listening or yeah, anyone no, else out there like everyone's got a different way of dealing with their kids but um just you know spend more time with them take them outside read them a book have them write something have them you know put on a play for you or create a powerpoint presentation about why you want a certain lego and yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, next up on here was, I don't, it wasn't necessarily a skit, but he has this really quick thing that I liked where he says, if I finish this special, that means I have to stop working on it. So I'm never going to stop. And I'm just going <laughs> to, so, and I was like, wow, man, so I'm not like, talking to anybody. I'm just, yeah, he's like, like, I'm not talking to anyone. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, man, how far he has fallen. And then he, he gets to the, the next skit, which was actually pretty funny though. Where he says, real world, human to human contact will kill you. All human interaction <laughs> should be contained to the much more safe, much more real interior digital space. The non-digital world is merely a theatrical space where people record and make content for the much more real digital space. Uh, that wisecrack really went into that one as well. Uh, but just around like, I mean, that is what it is, right? And in, in, right. in, in the weirdest sense, yeah, he is 100% right. And that is kind of what this is all turning into. It's like, this is where we do our funny Logan Paul gifts and skits and, and you know, the mm -hmm. garbage that these people put out when they're, you know, running around a restaurant pranking people who are trying to enjoy their meal or whatever the, whatever it ends up being. Like, that is how these content creators see this. And people want that. They want those crazy things they're never going to see in real life, but they're going to see them in real life now because more and more people are like that guy you mentioned, or it's like, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to drug my Uber drivers or whatever. Like, that's right. insane, but that is going to get you the content that you want. Like, it just so deep yet so shallow at the same time of a, of a you know, observation. Yeah. And just the way he says it, like, because he means <laughs> every word of it. And he's like, this is, this is how it is. <laughs> but yeah, and especially. And then he talks about pirate maps. Said, <laughs> What's okay for pirate maps, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> the tea stains are on like, you want me to carry this thing around the world with me? Uh, get it laminated. Laminated. <laughs> but again, that's like him cutting the tension of saying something so profound mm -hmm. and being like, I have to say something stupid right after this, because this is, this is a lot. Yeah. It almost reminded me of like a, uh, a comedian going like an open mic night and like testing jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so then, uh, but then he gets to what I was really excited to talk with you about is uh, that funny feeling. Uh, 
so many i i know what that funny feeling is you know what it is anyone who listens to this song will know what it is but i want to know what it is like what is it when he's a stunning 8k resolution meditation app in honor of the revolution it's half off at the gap uh (laughs) deadpool self-awareness uh there's a there's a piece here too about uh Oh yeah, the Surgeon General's pop-up shop, Robert Iger's face, uh, the a gift shop at the gun range, a mass shooting at the mall. Like, what is it? It's like you know, you know what it is. It's one of those things where it's like we know what this is, but like, what is it? It's these incongruities in reality that just are so far out there that no one can understand, yet they give you that weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Of like this like just, even, this isn't right yeah it's carpool karaoke steve aoki logan paul yeah like, right yeah uh female colonel sanders easy answers civil war <laughs> the whole world at your fingertips the ocean at your door but what, what is that feeling is is it like is it the feeling of knowing that the end is here that we're watching the fall of rome as, as it happens or like what is it yeah i it's just a funny I mean, feeling it's just a funny feeling i mean obeying all the traffic laws well, and grant that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um wait a book on getting better hand delivered by a drone oh yeah googling derealization and hating what you find that unapparent summer air in early fall the quiet comprehending of the ending of it all like it just God, it, again just perfect but this is the sort of song where like you could send this as a complete the song to to the world and you would get like probably a million lines of things that people could call out to say that just just that funny feeling comes up when you see uh you know bagel bites taking a stand against lyme disease (laughs) it just uh yeah and is this the the track on which he has like the the campfire yeah and it, yeah and I, it takes you totally projected. out of it, it, it yeah. you don't feel like you're in the room but then i was like oh wait that's his door over there like yeah he's got the yeah. whole campfire going up hey yeah, hey it, what can you say we were overdue but it'll be over soon you wait what does he mean i, I, <laughs> I know what he i means. don't even know i don't even he knows what he really means but it makes sense and it, it, it's correct like it, it's just that like we're in a sense we are living on borrowed time at this point of like it's we that, are it's that sense that like that funny feeling of exactly that like we hate what amazon has become but we're we here still for it. need it yeah and yeah we still use it and yeah it's <laughs> we hate the idea of deadpool but we find the movie hilarious and yeah just again i i think it's the sort of thing that i would hope again you know listeners if you haven't seen this like you got to check this out even if you're just listening to the album on apple music like or, or wherever you get your music but so discount xy uh bugles take on race yeah he says yeah <laughs> bugles <laughs> the live action lion king the pepsi halftime show like I mean, and we again, we could probably come up with a ton more, but it just like, and it's it's just things that you don't need, but that are here. They're here, yeah, exactly. It's things you don't need. Yeah, very good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so he says, okay, so that yeah, that was a funny feeling, and then he, yeah, he then we get another skit talking about he's been working on the special for a year now, but this is where he really bears his soul to us, is what kind of what I wrote down of him talking about how he's not well. He, he it takes him like seven tries to talk about that it's been a year. 
which just was heartbreaking to watch. And then he gets really mad and starts busting the cameras and all that. And it's just mm-hmm. taking a one, toll on him. One thing about the skit is that you see it almost like the walls of the, of his, uh, you know, the room, the walls are framing it out. And then he's obstructed by all the equipment. So that mm-hmm. we're behind the equipment almost right. as if we're looking at him like he's trapped yeah in there and he can't get out and he's trying to get out but he can't and almost you know whether or not it's just considered artistic entrapment or what but he's he looks trapped and he looks like he's done he's over it he just wants out he wants to be finished with it and he's he's struggling yeah i mean at this point it almost seemed like yeah i guess you're right He, he was trying to keep it together but it almost gets to this point where he's he's breaking like he's already broke basically Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to one of my other most favorite songs, which is All Eyes on Me. And uh, this song hits me really hard every time I hear it, just because it's a really, really good song. I feel like it's the spiritual successor to his Kanye West song from Make Happy, where he's talking about uh, wouldn't have, wouldn't have got the lettuce and the cheese if I knew I w- knew it wouldn't fit. But of just the, I love his use of the reverberator, all that other stuff. But I got to ask, this is my other question, because Lisa was talking with me about this. She was, where are, we're going to go where everybody knows everybody. Where is that? Lisa is saying he's basically just talking about dying or about, uh, like, about suicide or something like that. Any uh, thoughts on that? I'm looking at the lyrics now, because this is one of my favorites of the, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, at the end, you know, when you die, I assume everybody, everybody's going to know everybody once it's all over. Right. But he's coming at it from like the special because he's saying, you know, he looks right. I love that, too. And he looks at the camera and he says, are you feeling nervous? You having fun? It's almost over. Uh, it's just begun, which I almost took that as like he didn't know where the song was going to go in the special because it could either be, you know, at the end or at the very beginning. Uh, but don't yeah. overthink this. Look in my eye. Don't be scared. Don't be shy. Come on in. The water's fine. We're going to go where everybody knows everybody. And I just, again, I get, get chills thinking about it and, and talking about it, but it's just, there's a lot there with very little being said of like, how does he do this? How does he capture this, these human emotions in such a way of like, it's a cool song. The lyrics are cool, but they're also super deep. Mm-hmm. Like he almost is like, he wants all eyes on him because he thinks all eyes are on him but then he's also like hey look at me like don't forget about me i'm still here yeah you know, pay attention to me you know just still wanting to be the center of attention but not being able to always handle being the center of attention yeah man or even just like maybe there's a piece of it about community too maybe it isn't about death but just the, the idea of like come hang out with me like are you nervous like because the, the uh um the struggle with the pandemic piece of like, no one can see each other. And so after all of this is over and done, you know, everyone was very hesitant to hang out again, I think. And so him kind of saying mm-hmm. like, don't be scared. Don't come on in the water. Like, it's okay. Come, come hang out. We're going to go where everybody knows. Every, like you're going to go back to your same old spots where everyone knows. Maybe that's what it is. I just you know, see if it has anything on here, but um, this lyrics, this genius lyrics, um, addressing the pros and oh, so it says throughout this piece, Burnham. I should have done this for all of them. Uh, Burnham speaks directly to the viewer, addressing the pros and cons of being an entertainer, his desires to perform on stage again, 
receiving attention from his fans and general feelings of futility. So I think he's talking about, maybe he's talking about performing in that sense of like, we're going to go back to where everybody knows you, right. Of like, they all want, cause the whole beginning, that, that part was so sad when he says, you know, the, uh, I, I spent five years or whatever, not performing. I went through a bunch of therapy and I said, maybe I'm going to, this is going to be where I re-enter into the world. And then, <laughs> and then a the funny, funniest, thing, funniest happened. thing happened, laugh track. Uh, yeah, was just so sad to me that he just to think that he went decided not only deciding to get therapy and get help and spending the work doing the hours spending the hours doing the work and uh, and then that happens like that's like the ultimate sort of twilight zone of course this would happen right when I go decide that I'm going to step out and perform again mm-hmm. and then to have to reshift all of your energy and artistic creativity to create this special yes just yeah so sad but at the same time again it's like hey we've got this masterpiece work of art that we can now watch over and over listen to it over and over um the last bit of it we've got the song goodbye which uh is a good song i think again probably not one of my favorites but you get the cool montage of the other songs of uh welcome to the internet and comedy and uh he says uh what does he say i I put a note in here it said it felt like much longer than an hour and i think what i meant by that was like when i watched this for the first time just because i'd never seen anything like this before the movie this felt really long like there were a lot of parts where i was like wow this is this is long but it's actually really short and so i i wonder why i felt that way when i first listened to it but i'm not sure yeah i think the first time i watched it i didn't like Sit down and watch it watch it like i was just like oh he's got a new special because i just assumed it was going to be like a stand-up oh sure where yeah. you know you don't necessarily have to watch it you can just have it on in the background you can hear it but then when i realized you can't do that with this no no especially not not the first time you can once you know once you've seen it but yeah uh and then yeah and then the episode episode but it ends with him locked outside uh and then <laughs> but then it ends again with him inside watching himself and I love that it just ends with him smiling. And I loved that because to me, that was like him kind of coming to grips with everything and being like, you know what? I'm pleased with the product I created. I'm pleased with where I'm at. And uh, I, I'm a little bit happy. It wasn't a huge smile, but I just, I like that. There's a sense of hope. Yeah. I think when he realized, like, I love how he was just sitting there. He goes, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And then he seemed like he accepted it you know not like he did earlier when he was like i'm just never going to finish it no one's ever going to see this because i'm talking to myself and i think he just realized like okay this this has to be done i can't do this forever i need to move on and you know just continue to live my life yeah that new life is but yeah i'm excited to see what that new life is though because if he's if he's ready to perform again and he's wanting to perform again I have a feeling he won't for a while, just because I know there's a lot of issues right now with stand-up comedians going to places, you know, the places that require vaccinations and all of that of just, I'm, I'm seeing the, the gamut. I'm seeing uh, Pat Oswald canceling shows for uh, people not requiring vaccinations. And vaccinations, I'm seeing yeah. Go- Goatman canceling shows for people requiring vaccinations. So yeah, I this- did see, I saw somebody else that um, is also canceling people requiring vaccinations but i'm going to see taylor tomlinson this saturday oh nice that that requires vaccinations 
though I haven't heard anything about it being canceled. But what do they do? What do they have you had to do anything like that before? Do you just show your card? You say like um, I haven't yet. So I guess you have to either just show your card or I don't even remember. I guess it's just either have your card or have a picture of your card. Hmm. Okay. I, I haven't I haven't had to do it yet, so I'll just keep it in my wallet and then go that way. But yeah, huh. yeah nice. I know I can't trying to think who it was who was just in town oh maroon five they were at a outdoor concert venue and they required vaccinations as well nice yeah, good for them so yeah it's, it's just so weird. easy it's so easy just so weird the world yeah. we we live in now mm-hmm. sometimes it might is easier to just stay inside <laughs> <laughs> yes it is yeah, yeah, but then you you miss out on a lot of the the beauty of the world. But but that's I mean, and that's his show. And I, I'm looking here. Um, this is the first time, like I said, I was using you know a stopwatch. But uh, we are in two Three seconds. Hours. In two seconds, yes, uh, <laughs> which is awesome because I was looking too. I think we spent like thirty minutes talking about the initial stuff. So we dug deep into Bo Burnham's special, which is exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, I'm really glad we got to talk about this. Any final thoughts on this special or on anything that we discussed on this episode? Anything you you missed, maybe wanted to add or anything upcoming you got going on? Um, I've got nothing coming up. Uh, go watch the special. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated. <laughs> all all <laughs> three great tips. Um, yeah, I nothing comes to mind. As soon as we stop recording, I'll think of something I wanted to say. But... <laughs> how it always works well thank you thank you so much for coming on anthony i really appreciate it and like i said we had this in the making for a while and i i knew i knew it was going to be a long one so i'm, I'm glad we got to kind of dive into this because really I, I give this a 10 out of 10 uh i don't i'm going to have this as an honorable mention on my uh top movies of the year just because technically it's not a movie so i'm not including it on the list but i will talk about it since i'm giving it a 10 out of 10 uh there's besides a few songs i the fact that this was created as a masterpiece and i think watching it as one complete thing and judging it as that is going to get gets me to that 10 more so than being like oh i don't like this song i don't like like doesn't matter that i don't like the songs the content of the songs is what's powerful so um yeah thanks again this was this was a blast yeah thanks for having me hopefully we weren't too long-winded no hey i mean people I, I, everyone loves the really long episodes which is baffles me but hey that's where we're at so uh that's where we'll wrap up so thanks again for everyone like i said we've got a we're gonna have some hawkeye issues of of comics talk coming up um got some other conversations too but you'll see them as they pop up so for comics and cinema i'm your host alex klein thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you inside